It's Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Top Radio 77 WABC. Out of this place, someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful. Good morning, uh, New York, Tri-State, New Jersey, and you people up there in the Nutcake State, and everybody out on the ships at sea. Nutcake State? Isn't it Nutmeg? No, it's the Nutcake State. <laughs> when you elect a, a guy who, who repeatedly lies about serving in Vietnam, and you know that, you know he did that, you're the Nutcake State. Oh, you're talking about Blumenthal, not Ned Lamont. Right, I'm right, talking right. about Connecticut. Right, Connecticut right. is... Uh, and not, does, not, not to uh, slime everybody up in Connecticut, but, uh, I mean, please, I'm begging you. You, you, elected Sen- you elected Blumenthal? Give me a break. Anyway, I don't want to start on a negative note because, uh, well, look, the front page of the New York Post says it all. It says, I mean, honestly, they could have just lifted the, the words in, in this article could have been lifted from the words we've been saying for the past month. Two months. Yeah. Easily, you go back to, uh, to our audio, my Twitter but, account, two months. But... Uh, Either way, it's very welcome. It's a, a blaring, big, one-page, one-story headline, front page of the New York Post. The headline is, it needs to end now. It's one man's plea. And it states on the front page, the Big Apple is dying. Its streets are empty. Tens of thousands have been plunged into poverty. Our leaders have no plans, no answers. New Yorkers have already learned to socially distance. Businesses can adjust. The elderly and infirm can continue to be isolated. And that's, uh, that's a guy named David Marcus. Uh, he goes on to write a whole editorial himself on page 21 of the New York Post. And in it, he, he says, well, look, last Friday, uh, uh, 3,500 New Yorkers lined up at a Catholic church in Queens for food, for food. And he says... Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 we've been told to flatten, you know, just, just to sum it up, we've been told that we needed to flatten the curve and to relieve the stress on the hospitals that was coming. And, of course, the hospitals, that, uh, that critical mass never actually came to fruition because the ship sailed away. Everything we've been saying, the Javits Center closed up. They never used the field hospitals they built in, in Westbury, Stony Brook, Westchester County, all that stuff. And, uh, we, and then he says, for two months, we have waited for Cuomo and de Blasio to tell us how this ends. And, of course, and then he wrote, what the hell is going on? Is anybody in charge? Or are we just left with this governor and his talking head brother arguing on CNN about who loves mom most? And, and then he says, who cares? He's right. So he goes on in that vein. No, he's 100 percent right. And right on the cover of The New York Post, he talks about the lack of leadership. But I will say this. Uh, taking the train every every day, obviously, you know that already. Uh, I got to tell you, the train usually when I got on, get on in my car, since they shut down the trains from one to five a.m. and I think Wednesday was two weeks. On most mornings, if there were three people in my subway car, that was a lot. I've told you that time in and time again. Uh, this morning, I almost couldn't get a seat. It was packed. Yeah, I mean packed. I was like, whoa. Good. And then my wife did get a message yesterday. Of course, she's an attorney, big time attorney, that the courts, they are ready to go for the first time 
in almost two months, over two months, the legal, the courts, will be uh, next week taking in non-essential cases. In other words, when this thing started, only the criminal courts were open. They only heard new criminal cases. But starting next week, any lawsuit that gets filed, non-essential lawsuit, will be heard. So the courts are basically opening without opening to the public and, and to the lawyers next week. And the streets uh, are even more crowded than they were a couple of days ago. When, when I mentioned, I, I observed that they looked crowded. More normal people on the, on the streets. Uh, traffic as well, same thing. Uh, traffic is, 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 you know, it's not heavy, but it's getting heavier by the day. And then he, he does continue, this guy. And I, I, it was really good. He says, we should always consider that we are led by idiots and, of course, uh, Cuomo and de Blasio have no plan. But and he talks about how they cash their taxpayer checks while the rest of us suffer. And, and you know, I mean, you and I are getting paid, but we're here. And the, the city is suffering. The city is dying, as he pointed out on the front page of the New York Post. He says, if our elected leaders won't save the world's greatest city from a slow death by economic strangulation, he actually calls for rebellion. He says we have to do it ourselves. Barbers, tailors, nail salons, sporting goods stores, movie theaters. Just open your doors and dare the state to shut them down. Now, again, it's, it's very easy for him to say that and write that. And we've said that again for weeks and months. And then you get this poor bastard down well, in New Jersey who's been fined $2,000. That, that, that's why I said, look, you, you can't just one guy. How, how about the rest of the gym owners saying, let me help this guy out and just open your doors? Well, I think, again, when they see the reaction harassing the, uh, the gym members no, and but you, finding them thousands of dollars, again, it, it makes them nervous. If it was a mass rebellion. Yeah, I, listen, I hear you. Now, and then he goes on, to, and then this is his, uh, the constitutional point. Our politicians serve by our consent, by the consent of the governed, right? Our lives, uh, that, that, that's how it's run. The suggestion to the contrary is an affront to Americans. This isn't about the stock market. It's about parents putting their kids to bed hungry, going back to the 3,500 waiting online for food yeah, yeah. at the church, uh, putting their kids to bed hungry and hoping tomorrow there will be something for them to eat as they get up at 4.30 to go to the food bank. And then he concludes. This is how he concludes. We did what we were asked. We flattened the freaking curve. There is no longer any reasonable justification for the government to deprive us of our livelihoods, and our rights aren't the government's to grant or take away. They belong to us, the free grant of nature and the God of nature. We're Americans. More than that, we're New Yorkers, God damn it. Love it. Now, now, two things. First of all, let's not forget, today is Thursday, so 10 minutes before Bill O'Reilly joins you and I at 8.30 this morning. If we get three or four million unemployed for the numbers for this week, we will hit the 40 million mark. That's, that's where we are right now, nearly 40 million. And I would imagine after today we'll hit 40 million. But just so, so folks know, Andrew Cuomo is brilliant. And the reason why I say that is this guy's talking about the Constitution and your given rights. And if you watch Cuomo, what he says now basically is, is, well, it's up to the people. You know, these are my suggestions. This is what I, I, I want you to do. This is what I think you need to do to be safe. But it's up to the people. But he's lying because these are not suggestions. These are not recommendations. He's got people out there enforcing these things. So he tries to play it both ways, the governor, in that, well, it's up to the people. These are just my recommendations. And that is not true. That's not the way he operates. No, he's a, he's a, I don't know. You say brilliant. He's, he's slick. He's a slick weasel is what he is. Uh, pretty much like Bill Clinton was. But uh, and then uh, the 600 doctors led by a woman named Dr. Simone Gold. She has her own practice out in California. 600 doctors wrote a letter to the president 
a collective letter, and it was, uh, you know, all about how the consequences of the shutdown outweigh the consequences of the coronavirus. Quote, we are alarmed at what appears to be the lack of consideration for the future health of our patients. The downstream health effects are massively being massively underestimated and underreported. This is an order to an order of magnitude error. In other words, in other words, ten times as many people are going to be hurt by the lockdown, at least, than, uh, than the people that are going to die from it. Ten times more, or, sure. or, or get sick from it. Sure. And then just one more. Uh, I'll, I'll read one more line. It, it goes on and on. But the one more line here. Here it is. The millions of casualties of a continued shutdown will be hiding in plain sight. But they will be called alcoholism, homelessness, suicide, heart attack, stroke, or kidney failure. In youths, it will be called financial instability, unemployment, (laughs) despair, drug addiction, unplanned pregnancies, poverty, and abuse. Because the harm is diffuse, there are those who hold that it does not exist. We, the undersigned 600 doctors, know better. Yeah, no, again, just uh, reiterating, echoing what we've been saying here for, uh, for a couple of months. And, you know, listen... I get aggravated every now and then. I get frustrated, you know, especially this Dr. Fauci-Trump relationship, which the media, which you can't trust, but they've been talking about a fractured relationship for months, and I believe they're right. I really do, and we've made excuses. No, they love each other, and blah, blah, blah. They don't love each other, and it's not a, a coincidence. You have not seen Dr. Fauci on television for two weeks. Because Dr. Fauci was still yelling and screaming about a second wave, and you got to be careful. And the president, he wants to reopen the economy tomorrow. So I think the fact that we have not seen Dr. Fauci now on television for the better part of two weeks says that all those reports about a bad relationship between Trump and Fauci, I think it's true. Uh, I'm sure it is. And, uh, and, and, uh, uh, you I, say I'm sure it is, but we weren't okay. saying a couple of weeks ago we weren't saying that. Maybe I'm not sure. But Trump is right. Trump is right. I'm on Trump's side. I, I got to the point where I couldn't stand Dr. Fauci. I couldn't stand him. But there's your, there's your proof right there. He wanted to talk about the disease. Trump wants to talk about the economy. And Dr. Fauci's out. And I just want to read this uh, one more line from the uh, 600 doctors. 600 doctors. They're talking about the virus. It's deadly. It's dangerous. And it's contagious. But only to a select group of Americans. The path forward is to allow the young and healthy, the so-called herd, to be exposed and to develop a degree of antibodies that both now is protective to them and also prevents the virus from spreading to the most vulnerable. I mean, you combine that, and then one more thing here from uh, this guy at CNBC, Carl Cantania. Yes. He tweeted out this study that J.P. Morgan did. This is what he tweeted. J.P. Morgan has a devastating piece arguing that infection rates have declined, not increased, in states where lockdowns have ended, even after allowing for an appropriate measurement. And he goes on to say, same goes for various countries. Uh, The last thing he quotes from this uh, J.P. Morgan study, in the absence of conclusive data, these lockdowns were justified initially, but millions of lives were being destroyed with little consideration that lockdowns might not only cause economic devastation, but potentially more deaths than COVID-19 itself. Don't forget. This is from a CNBC reporter and, citing a J.P. Morgan Chase study, which is not a political organization. And don't forget, you got two states that are still in lockdown. Us, where according to the latest numbers, numbers went up 67% for people staying home. Another state really in lockdown, California, their numbers are up this week, too. So Texas is doing okay. Uh, Georgia's doing okay. Florida's doing okay. But California's numbers are going up, and our stay-at-home numbers are going up. So, damn it, heed the call, ladies and gentlemen, and let's throw these bums, these creeps, these incompetent mutts with their little agendas 
Throw, throw them the, either throw them the hell out. I know you can't do Get that, but out. but defy them. I know it's easy for us to say, but do what the uh, the author in the New York Post says. Go out and open your business, and everybody in New Jersey as well. Do what you have to do. Forget these tyrants. Do it, and the more you who do, the more who do it the less effective their shutdown ability will be. All right, now sports is uh, looks like it's coming back in a big, big way, except for baseball. We've, I've got a brilliant cut from Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who uh, makes his livelihood doing, uh, part, besides his sports talk radio show, a baseball show on the MLB Network, and he tore into baseball yesterday. But it does look like basketball and hockey are on their way back. We'll get to all of that. On your Thursday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly will be here. Dr. Stephen Greer, he'll be here as well. So um, if you check my uh, social media, which a lot of you do, thousands of you, Instagram at Sid Rosenberg, Twitter at Sid Rosenberg, Facebook Sid Rosenberg, which Bernie did this morning. In fact, Bernie, we walked into the studio and Bernie said to me, how to go yesterday? Because I've got a video up of me standing outside the city MD by the way, it's on 103rd Street and Broadway. That's the one by my apartment. And I decided, well, I, sh- I didn't decide. Danielle decided that we should go get tested. So she had an appointment for Friday. Antibody test. Both. Okay. Antibody oh, okay. and to see right. if I had it. And she's got a, an appointment for both Gabriel and Ava at uh, the pediatric uh, place tomorrow on Friday. So anyway, it's about 5 o'clock last night. It's a gorgeous night. I don't feel like sitting inside. And I can see Broadway from across the street from my apartment. And I looked across the street, and it didn't look busy. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go across the street. People are standing on line outside. I want to see how the line is. If it's less than an hour, I'm just going to get it done now. Why not? So sure enough, I go across the street, and I'm second on line. Second. So she texts me. She goes, how's the, uh, the traffic? I said, there's nobody here. Did you tell them that you were Sid Rosenberg I did. from WABC? I actually told them I was Reese Witherspoon. I got to get to the head of the line here. Come on, man. I am somebody. There was nobody there, thank God. That's so good. she came down too. And um, I think the whole thing, Bernie, took about 30 minutes. Well, now, well, the whole thing took 30 uh, Well, not the there, test. There, there are two types of tests for the antibodies. There's one, uh, and it, the, this one is less reliable than the other. The one that's less reliable, I be, this is what I've read, is where they prick your finger. No, that's not the one we did. Oh, uh, you got right. the blood drawn. Right. So we, we, uh, we had to wait about 15, 20 minutes inside the lobby, where, of course, they're only about half the size now because they've roped off all the chairs in the middle put up a sign, you can't sit here because of social distancing. Yeah. So obviously it's difficult for the doctors to see too many people at once, but I got to tell you that there were two tests we took. One was they took blood from my arm. That was to see if, in fact, I ever had the COVID. And then they stick this long thing all the way up your nose. Feels like it hits your, your brain. I know. I can't. It's really uncomfortable. I don't think I could deal with that. It's one second, Bernie. Literally one second, it's over. And those are the two tests you took. I, I think we waited about 20 minutes to see the doctor. In with the doctor took, I would say, two and a half minutes. They take your temperature. They take your blood pressure. They take your blood. They stick that thing up your nose. You used to stick yourself up your nose. And, um, <laughs> and then you're out of there. And then they'll send you an email in two or three or four days to let you know, A, if you've ever had this, and B, the antibody test as to whether or not you could actually donate blood. So she got it done. I got it done. Kids will get it done tomorrow. And then I put this video up saying, here I am outside of City MD. 
get, getting these tests done so I can move on from this nonsense. And, of course, about 99% of the folks are like, way to go, hope you're okay, good luck. And about 1% got very upset that I deemed this nonsense. Oh, 95,000 people dying, that's nonsense to you? No, not the people dying, you moron, you effing idiot. That's not the nonsense. It's what we've gone through in and around it. That's complete nonsense. Here's where you're making a mistake. You focus on that one percent. I know I do. That's that's you just just, really. And and I would have I would have added if I were you because uh, I know you plan to. But I would have added that I I intend to donate blood if I test positive for the antibodies. I mean, you didn't say that on your. I didn't say it on the video because unfortunately the Instagram video is only good for about 15 seconds and it stops. But when, in fact, my test comes back good in a couple of days, I'll take another video of me returning to, uh, to donate my blood. And uh, although, although Danielle did say, I don't know about your blood. It's a lot of booze, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> uh, I think you've uh, expunged all those things. I think so, right? Uh, by this time. Right. I think I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's just uh, the various STDs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I just, I just, that, that, that's a very good thing you did. And a very good thing you will do if you have tested yeah, positive. Yeah, I'm going to do that for sure. And, and uh, the, the second best part of the whole deal was it's free. Not even your uh, deductible. Free. Right. Usually I go to City MD, you got to pay 25 bucks just to wipe my butt. Here, this is free. And again, if you go at the right time of the day, it's very quick. So I recommend to all you folks out there, you got urgent cares on just about every block across Manhattan. Don't have to go to a, a, a hospital or a doctor. Just run in there, and in a half hour, you'll be done. And you can find out, A, whether you've had it, and B, whether or not you've, you've got the antibodies and can actually help folks down the road. Now, if only I could get a prescription for Ambien while I'm there, <laughs> I'd go myself today well, uh, at 10.01. I can get you that. Has nothing to do with this test, but I can get you that. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, I'm one of those guys. I get haircuts, tanning salons, restaurants. Screw J Lo and A Rod. I got it all. I got it all set up. Look at me. I look. I look do I look like I'm in, look going like, through a uh, listen, any issue? You look like uh, you should be out. Well, I don't know. Somewhere in Miami, I would say Miami. Hey. There's a very Miami. Or, or, or the Hamptons. Or, or the Hamptons. Right. The Hamptons. You got your white pants on. Your white Converse sneakers. <laughs> Your what is that? A beige? What kind of this, col- what no, color? This is a this is a peach shirt. Peach, peach. No, you, you, you see, I know they, there's all these brand new uh, names for colors, I know. like like teal. Right. Like, well, my my son once said teal to me. I'm like, well, what the hell is teal? Teal is I the mean, Miami Dolphins blue color. Yeah, no, I've heard yeah. I've heard people say it, but. Uh, I didn't think my son would ever say teal. I know. It's, I not, know. it's not a word that, I, that ever enters my uh, vo- vocabulary. But peach, you know. Peach, yeah. So I could, I could be in Miami. I could be in the Hamptons. Or to be honest, I know you're thinking this, and you could just say it, Bernard. I could be right there on Christopher Street. You could I? be in Chelsea, <laughs> in the heart of Chelsea. Or Christopher Street, right. You could be, you could be in the manhole, <laughs> either serving or oh, receiving drinks. Either way. Either way. Maybe I'll post a picture. 1-800-848-WABC. I'm in the summer mood. It's Memorial Day weekend. I got a good tan. Yes. I've been working out. I got a nice Damn white it. outfit on. Let's do it. 1-800-848-9222. We got a couple of great guests. And this is the place to be. Folks, all the stuff you're reading, all the stuff you're seeing, as if they've come to this unbelievable conclusion, we started this two months ago. We did, before anybody else. Who? Bernie and Sid. Oh, Matilda, I cannot sleep for wanting a love I couldn't keep. <laughs> what is this, Cinco de Mayo Day? No, this is Matilda. Oh, Matilda. Oh, yes. mother. Very good. Thank <laughs> you. know, uh, never underestimate the value of a good night's sleep. Yeah, he was talking about her again. Yeah, I'm going to get into... Uh, <laughs> Cuomo right now, as a matter of fact. But first, I just want to mention uh, 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. I mean, a lot of things coming out. I mentioned the front page of the New York Post, a big blaring headline and an editorial, uh, an, an op-ed, I should say. End New York City's lockdown now. Now, now, you morons. It needs to end now. You have that and a couple of other things that I read about studies saying that the lockdown's really not working. Doctors sending, uh, hundreds of doctors sending letters to the administration. You got to reopen, man. Stuff as bad is happening out there because of it. It's going to be worse than what the disease is bringing. And also, uh, the CDC now says that coronavirus, quote, does not spread easily, unquote, on surfaces. I told that to the lady who was uh, taking my test yesterday. That came out about... Four o'clock yesterday afternoon, I got tested at five, and she said, uh, let's be very clear. They said it doesn't spread easily, sir. That doesn't mean it doesn't spread. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to argue, though, at that point. Yeah. Well, I but mean, I, the, said, the, I said, that's not what they're saying back in March. In all, March, yeah. they were basically saying, you touch anything, you're dead. It's there for 72 hours. It's on a pole. Yeah. It's on yeah. a metal pole for 72 hours. Now, this is a, a, a technically what they say. Quote, it may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly eyes. That is not thought to be the main way no. the virus spreads. But we are still learning more about this virus. That's the point. They, 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 they don't know. They don't know anything. They, they don't they, freaking know, but they, they closed the country down. And the, and the subways, I'm on every single day. That explains why I haven't gotten sick because... Truth is, if you touch something on the subway, now the CDC says odds are you're not going to get sick. Uh, secondly, they are saying now that the way the CDC says the way that you really get this is human to human contact. So, right, okay. So, uh, uh, Cuomo's coming up here. Uh, he's uh, he, by the way, in the wake of uh, all these uh, these deaths, these sad, tragic deaths, both mostly elderly, and the elderly you can lay on his uh, shoulders. But, I mean, a lot of deaths. I mean, this is worse than 9-11. And he's, this guy's on with his brother Fredo on CNN, and they're having the best time. He's tanned. By the way, you can see he's tanned. I told you. Yeah. Very tanned. He's, he's got a nice haircut. And, 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 he's and actually then, gelling his hair now. People are, are grieving. It's just like, can you imagine after 9-11 if uh, Governor Pataki was on with his brother uh, laughing about things at, at this point, you know, with, with the people still dying. On the contrary, Rudy Giuliani, our great mayor, on four to six every day, spent every single day going from one funeral for a cop. Right. Uh, that, that great point. I love that. That's what Cuomo should be doing right now. All the old people that he killed in the nursing homes, <laughs> he should reopen the funeral homes. And just like Rudy Giuliani... Go and pay respects to the people that he killed, unlike Rudy Giuliani, who was just a victim like we were right. of terrorism. Almost died himself. As right, a exactly. Fact. He was down there. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's unbelievable him sitting there ju- uh, yucking it up with, uh, again, Fredo. It's like, like, nothing's, like nothing's happening. Like, yeah, yeah, look at all the attention we're getting here. This is great, huh? Yeah. What's the matter with you, you moron? What did I tell you? And then this uh, Politico piece. This is a Politico. Now, a guy named Mark Caputo. These people are very left-wing. Mark Caputo was on my show every Thursday for two years down in Miami. He's out of Miami. Exactly. And he's a very, very good guy. And we would argue back and forth about Donald Trump back in 2015. They're making my point. So right. there you exactly. have it. So this is, this is Mark Caputo writing in Politico. Good evening and greetings from Florida, where we feel the need to inform you that it's not a post-apocalyptic hellscape of coronavirus infection and cadavers stacked like cordwood. That is, Florida just doesn't look nearly as bad as the national news and sky-is-falling critics have been predicting for about two months now. 
But then the national news media is mostly based in New York and loves to love its Democratic governor, Andrew Cuomo, about as much as it loves to hate on Florida's Republican governor, Ron DeSantis. That's from a very left-wing yeah, publication yeah. and yeah. guy. Yeah. And, and speaking of governor... And by the way, I can confirm what he's saying because I've got a ton of friends and relatives. You know how close I am to that South Florida, Miami area to this day. In fact, I'll be doing a radio show in, uh, in Palm Beach today, in Miami tomorrow. And he's right. I mean, they are going back to work. They're going back to the beach. Uh, they are resuming life. And it's not as dense as New York City. I know that. But it is still pretty dense. It's and dense. folks are enjoying and, and, life. And they have a lot more older people, a lot yes. more people, period. And I'm going to get, I have, DeSantis was fired up yesterday, but here's Cuomo. Remember this now? Cuomo, this is Cuomo on Sunday. This is him on Sunday. Older people, vulnerable people are going to die, going to die. from this virus. Let me tell Fredo that. That is going to happen. Despite whatever you do. Because with all our progress as a society, we can't keep everyone alive. All right. Okay, that was Sunday. And then uh, that, I mean, we got minimal attention, of course, except from us. You know, I mean, again, uh, uh, to Caputo's point, they love to love the, the governor here. So then, then on Monday, getting some blowback from that, no doubt, he said this. We now have a top priority, uh, which we have from day one, which is our nursing homes. We've worked with all the private labs, identified a number of tests that we can send just for the purpose of testing people in nursing homes. Little different tone, little different yeah. tone. All of a sudden, it's a priority. And then, now, then yesterday, yesterday, well, the heat was really on. And listen to this. It's because the state followed President Trump's oh. CDC guidance. The CDC guidance said a nursing home cannot discriminate against the COVID patient because at that time the issue was hospital capacity. There you go. He's brilliant. And, and, I'm sorry. And, and he would, they were squirming him. They, He's brilliant. He was squirming. They were, they were pressing him, and he was squirming. You just blame it on Trump. It's, just, it, that's it. it. It's that's, so that's, easy. that's the new race card. It's so easy. That is the new race card. Blame hey, it on Trump. Listen, uh, it works in this state, and it may work in about half the country. So when all else fails, and you've clearly, you're responsible for 6,000 deaths, if you can blame somebody else, well, that's fantastic. That's great. I guess. I guess you could say it's pretty sleazy. Oh, it's very sleazy. Yeah. But you have to be wanting to believe that to know it's sleazy. If you hate Donald Trump, you got up yesterday and you pumped your fist in the air and said, you're damn right it's Donald Trump's fault. It's gross. This is uh, Miranda Devine writing. She's talking about how he's a hypocrite, uh, Andrew Cuomo. And uh, one line that caught my eye. The terrible thing about Cuomo is that he has the appearance of being everything he's not. He is a facsimile of a take-charge alpha male who stands up and takes responsibility. In reality, he behaves like a dithering, vain, deceitful bully. Well said. Bingo. She nailed him. Now, Ron DeSantis, well, he's not blaming anybody because he did the right thing on nursing homes. He knew. I mean, everybody knew. It was the elderly, well, the vulnerable people. This is what he said about nursing homes. Probably 50% or more fatalities from this are coming in long-term care facilities. So we saw that data early, and we did do things like require everyone, all staff, to be screened every day. Temperature check, ask questions to make sure they're not bringing it in. Uh, we also prohibited COVID-positive patients from being sent back there to these go. facilities. Obviously, some states forced that. I think that was a really bad thing. We have over 4,000 facilities states. in the state yeah. of Florida. See that? And I think at least 3,500 of them have not seen one single case. That yeah. is really phenomenal. 
You hear that, uh, 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 Cuomo and Murphy, by the way? Yeah. And, and, and various others. This one lady in, in uh, health commissioner in, in, in Pennsylvania, she actually took her mother out before she uh, handed down the edict to send uh, COVID-infected patients back to nursing homes. The health commissioner of Pennsylvania took her mother out the day before she handed mm. down this edict. Now, Well, it's, re- it's worth noting, by the way, if we're going to crush Phil Murphy in New Jersey, which we should, and we're really going to crush Andrew Cuomo in New York, that guy Wolf in Pennsylvania, he's as bad as oh, any one he's of them. The, maybe, he, he, he may be the worst. He, he is the worst because yes. he's not as slick as Cuomo. No. Uh, but DeSantis now, to, back to uh, Mark Caputo from Politico, that this isn't some po- post-apocalyptic uh, you know, a death place. Uh, Ron DeSantis yesterday took out the uh, fake news. Take a listen. Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. We've succeeded, and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption. No, you feel you sound you hear the anger and the frustration. You know, when he was get, being accused of uh, early on of making bad decisions and now he's been vindicated. And uh, yeah, he's right to be mad. Well, he, he's right to point them, call them out. He is. But you say he's right to be vindicated. The irony is, as we're playing that clip, you're playing that clip. CBS, this will this awful morning show with Gail King and Anthony Mason. They're running a story about how the board manager down in Florida was fired for not reporting positive COVID-19 cases and making the numbers look better than they really are. That is the story going on literally right yeah. now on CBS uh, as you're playing the, the, Ron DeSantis. Those are the, the same fake news people that had the, uh, uh, the cars in the parking lot waiting for food. And there was a total misrepresentation. No, I know, but it's worth, it's worth pointing out that it's he, he's yelling and screaming, and at the same exact right. time, here's CBS yes, lying exactly. on television. It's worth pointing out that the fake news is fake news all the time. One last clip here. It's a state senator, Robert Ort. Now, this bipartisan call in New York. Democrats want to know what the, happened with these, what, what the hell happened with these old folks in the nursing home. Senator Robert Ort. Keep hope alive. Listen, we always had capacity in these hospitals. So why we were sending these patients to these nursing facilities um, is a real question that, again, needs to be answered. And to that end, he's putting together an investigation again with uh, Democratic state senators as well. So uh, keep an eye on that. It's not it's not over. All right. Not and even close to being. That's uh, good to Just hear. Beginning. There we go. And uh, hope is on the way. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show and everywhere in the 77 WABC app. We have Bill O'Reilly, Dr. Greer coming up uh, a little bit later in the show. Dr. Greer is going to talk all about uh, hydroxychloroquine and other things as well. Uh, hey, look, I mentioned the, uh, the health commissioner in Pennsylvania. Uh, this woman looks, uh, well, she, she looks, she's a, a Ron Kuby uh, looking kook is what she is. And uh, Matt, you tell me that she used to be a man? That's right. She, uh, Richard Levine. There was a, a article in the Philly Magazine. Am I on? I can't even hear myself. Yeah, you're on. Um, and uh, yeah, she, uh, as I was pointed out to you guys, that she has a picture of her former self. Okay, uh, just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just curious. She's the one who took her mother out of, this health commissioner in Pennsylvania, took her moms out of the uh, nursing home before she made the announcement 
that was sending COVID-infected patients back to the nursing home. So she's under a lot of a fire in Pennsylvania. The, her and the governor are just two skunks. Tom but, Wolf. And speaking of skunks, two skunks, you have uh, our governor and his brother Fredo yucking it up on TV while people are dying and while, they have, while he has blood on his hands like nothing's happening. The state and the city are dying economically. People's livelihoods are dying. And they're laughing it up on CNN like nothing is happening. It's unbelievable. And it turns out that uh, Chris Cuomo himself, Fredo, he was taking uh, uh, a, a hydroxychloroquine-like uh, medicine. <laughs> His wife actually wrote about it. In fact, the press secretary for uh, the president of the White House, Kaylee McEnany, she addressed that yesterday. You had Chris Cuomo saying the president knows that hydroxychloroquine is not supported by science. He knows it has been flagged by his own people and he's using it. Um, well, Cuomo mocked the president for this. Hydroxychloroquine, of course, is an FDA approved medication with a long proven track record for safety. And it turns out um, that Chris Cuomo took a, a less safe version um, of it called Quinine, which the FDA removed from the market in 2006 because of its serious side effects including death. So really interesting to have that criticism of the president. Hey, Fredo, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when we were going through that whole story of how Governor Cuomo wouldn't allow hydroxychloroquine to be used here in New York. I, I remember Still I said won't. and you said 10 times, you know, I wonder if his brother was really on his deathbed, on his deathbed, if he would allow Chris to take it. And maybe you didn't realize it, Andrew, but Chris was yeah. taking uh, it. By the way, you still can't. A doctor can't prescribe it in New York. Yeah. Uh, you have to be in a hospital. And by, that t- by the time you're in a hospital, yeah. it's not as effective. It's more effective in the early stages or even before you actually get the, dis- the, the, uh, the infection. You might not, it might prevent it, in other words. Yeah, I think you have dealers. A, a prophylactic, I, I, Sydney. You I, heard about no, those. I, yeah, I think you got dealers on the street today. They're like dealing Yo. heroin, cocaine, and hydroxychloroquine. Check it out. Give me some of that, man. Check give me some of that. Check give me out. some of that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, there was one uh, doctor yesterday. Uh, maybe I'll get to him. He, on the list of uh, 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 drugs with dangerous side effects, it comes in after Tylenol and aspirin. Hmm. Hydroxychloroquine. Well, I'll get to that later. I won't say anything at all. Little Google Dolls for you. Slide 708. Another beautiful day in New York City. Actually, um, cooler than what should be. We should be in the 70s. We'll be in the mid-60s today. But sun splash skies, and it will be a beautiful day as we uh, hope to return to some normalcy in most of the United States. Not here, of course. We can't even talk about Phase 1, which is only manufacturing construction, until June 13th. That's nothing. I mean, it's barely anything. Correct. And we can't even bring that up until June 13th. So, and it's funny because you're talking about uh, the Cuomos. And, and literally moments ago, CBS starts their morning show with this idiot Gail King and Anthony Mason and some other schmuck. I don't even know his name. And they are giddy. They are giggling how cute the brothers are, how funny it was last night. How they've got this really cute little brother code that no one else can figure out. They were giddy about how much they enjoyed Andrew and Chris Cuomo on CNN last night. I mean, how could they put on a report like that after having just aired the uh, reports about the, the nursing home scandal and all the dead old people? Right. Like that, they just put, did they put that on? No, Bernie. Oh, they, uh, they no. did it. They, they were just, saying they how, just did, oh, how cute they, they the ignored, brothers were. completely ignored the old dead people. Of course. Anyway, I promise we get to some sports. We, uh, we'll get back to the political stuff. We've got Bill O'Reilly and Dr. Greer on today. On the heels... Of that great Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, 
which are all 10 episodes have now been aired. You can now watch it on Netflix. And I watched the, uh, the last two last night, actually. Then it was an amazing series. I mean, they left some of the real nasty stuff out. I don't care. Tired of all that stuff. He's the greatest basketball player ever. And it was a great look inside, real inside of that Bulls organization and Michael's personal life. Nothing's going to be perfect, but I thought overall it was a tremendous piece. Yeah, he's a tough, tenacious guy uh, with a goal in mind, a hard worker. I mean, uh, I don't know. I watched uh, a lot of it, not all of it, but to me there's nothing not to like about Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the well, way I mean, he motivated his you know, team, he was a real leader on, on right, the Right, but the guys didn't like him. He was, I know, I heard Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen hate his guts. Right, he was above, you know, he was the man, he ran everything. He did have a, a big affair with a very popular porn star, Kylie Ireland. That was not in the piece. There were still many people that think his father was murdered because of his gambling problem. They kind of well, listen, touched on that. Listen, everybody has personal issues. You know what I'm saying, bro. But uh, now the, uh, the debate is raging again that the current NBA superstar, LeBron James, whose Los Angeles Lakers, I will remind people, were the one seed inside the Western Conference when basketball went away about three months ago. Now they are saying it will return. They expect the clubs to go back to their facilities and uh, start practicing in June. And they're saying by July they will finish this NBA season. But the, the, the debate is on again. LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. So here's the former Boston Celtic great, Brooklyn Nets as well, Paul Pierce, explaining why you can't compare the two. And by the way, not only that, but LeBron James... Not even top five. He went and put together a team in Miami. He came back to Cleveland to put that team together. And then he went to the Lakers, where a tradition has already been made. And we don't know, you know, that's still to be continued. So in saying that, that's my argument. His argument is he, he basically had to chase <laughs> down his winners. And, and he did. He went to Miami. And, he, you know, he was there with Dwayne Wade, who at the time was still one of the best players in the NBA, Chris Bosh. Pat Riley. So his argument is LeBron James had to keep finding places where they put people around him to win where Michael stayed in one place and, and won That's six championships. That's very plausible. And I would add this. Uh, I mean, Kobe Bryant, a very, very smart guy. Uh, Michael Jordan, a uh, very, very smart man. Very smart. LeBron James is not a smart guy. I don't know how you can be a, a, a great leader if you're not a smart person. And he's not. Well, he's not smart in, in that, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, there were some political leaders in Chicago who really wanted Michael Jordan to kind of back them. And, and he was like, I'm staying away from that stuff. You never heard Kobe Bryant deal with that stuff either. I'm not sure. I don't think LeBron is not smart. I think where he is stupid is that he's taken a very hard line on his political preferences and he's alienating not and polarizing that. people like you you just look at it. No, no, even forget the politics. When he tries to speak, I mean, he just sounds stupid. Well, you, you didn't go to college. You, you watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm the yeah. in the world. Neither did Kobe, but Kobe you, grew up in Italy. You watch that uh, series uh, with the barbershop, and he, you know, he can he can barely string uh, coherent sentences together. He's almost a he's Joe Biden esque in that sense. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't make any sense. He's a, little, a lot younger, and he doesn't he, he doesn't trail off necessarily, but. He's just stupid. Okay. And then uh, Michael Jordan is the a complete opposite. And so was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, uh, I understood he spoke a few languages. Well, he did. He, did. he was from Italy, don't forget. And he, he was brilliant, Kobe Bryant. Brilliant. So uh, the NBA should return sometime in July. Now, the NHL news came out last night. They are about to put together a 24-team playoff, I guess, uh, bracket. Uh, they'll have the top four seeds. We'll get a bye. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then they'll get back to the you know traditional 16-team playoff. 
So for the hockey fans out there, that's coming back too. And it looks like we could get hockey back by the end of June. So we're talking about a hockey playoff system, uh, end of June, early July. An NBA playoff, regular season finish, end of June, early July. They're still saying football is going to start on time. Although you did hear Joe Theismann yesterday say that's not exactly concrete yet. But the one major sport that's giving us all kinds of issues is baseball. And we thought we were very close a couple of weeks ago to getting the Mets and Yankees back. Maybe not here, maybe in Phoenix or Texas or Florida. But we thought we were getting baseball back. Then we found out about this fight between the union, the players, and the owners when it came to money. You know, the players want to get a prorated salary. The owners want to pay them less than that, split the revenue 50-50, and the players don't want to hear it. So right now, like Bernie talked about a couple of weeks ago, with Major League Baseball, you've got a fight between the billionaires and the millionaires, and even the staunchest of baseball fans, guys like me, uh, bigger than me, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who actually hosts a television show one hour on uh, every day on the MLB Network, part of that great legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination out of WFAN, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, he went nuts yesterday and Good. basically said, baseball, you're dead to me. I don't hear another word now from the Player Association. Uh, what a disgrace. They knew right from the get-go that the letter and the exchange and the agreement that was made in March regarding the whole thing and the 50-50 revenue split that they knew that it would have to be renegotiated and changed if there was a, uh, a situation and in late March who knew that there would be no fans at the ballpark. One more time, I reminded him of Rob's comments at the outset that playing in empty stadiums did not work for us economically, but I said, for example, that we might be willing to have a conversation about playing some limited number of games in empty stadiums if players agreed to reduce their daily salaries for those games. So we're off this now. This 50-50 revenue split is finished. I don't want to hear another player moan and groan. I don't want to hear Clayton Kershaw and Dan Patrick. I don't want to hear uh, Ian Snell or Blake Snell, whatever his name is. Down there. I don't want to hear Bryce Harper. I don't want to hear Boris. I don't want to hear another word. The union knew that if they were going to play games in an empty stadium, they knew that they were going to have to take a price reduction. They knew it. So all of them can go to hell. Go to hell, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I love it. I oh, love you got to love the doggy. Screw them. Screw, Screw these prima donnas, SOBs. You knew there'd be no fans in the stadium. Well, the governor of New Jersey, as we continue the sports segment, Phil Murphy talked about fans, Philadelphia 76er games, New York Giant games in particular. In fact, he said he spoke to the owner. Here's Phil Murphy on no fans in upcoming sporting events in New Jersey. Spoke to the NFL commissioner as well as uh, with the Giants ownership, both good conversations. They're, they're just literally in the early stage process of bringing in their non-player uh, community. The Sixers uh, in particular, as you know, are headquartered and trained in Camden, and they've been, again, as usual, very responsible. Uh, I'm not privy to how the, what their economic model is with no fans in the stands. I'm not sure all of those leagues have made that decision yet about fans, uh, and that's obviously another area that we're going to continue to have high degree of communication with them. Governor of uh, New Jersey, Phil Murphy, one more for you. A lot of college football fans are also worried about the season. Will these colleges, now we know Notre Dame is getting back to school, Purdue is getting back to school. Well, Ohio State may be the, uh, the most popular college football program in the country. Their AD, Gene Smith, spoke yesterday. They are set to host Bowling Green in their first home game coming up on September the 5th. Now, 
the stadium for Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio, you can fit about 104,000 people inside the stadium. But what Ohio State is talking about is the very first game against Bowling Green, September the 5th, maybe having as many as 25,000 people in the stands. Game one. Here's Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith. I just feel like we have the talent and skill and the, and the space capacity uh, to uh, provide an opportunity for a certain number of fans to have access to our particular stadium. And, of course, that's, that wouldn't be true across the country because of, of capacity. So there you have it, folks. Phil Murphy talking about the NFL, the NBA on its way back, the NHL on its way back, even a huge program with the Ohio State Buckeyes talking about putting people in the stands in their very first home game in September. And the only sport that seems to be lagging, and they always are, because of the money issue between the owners and the players, Major League Baseball. like this song, but uh, short on time. We're back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. And uh, a lot of stuff going down politically. Michael Goodwin has a great column about the uh, whole, you know, the, the election meddling of 2016, the Steele dossier, the Democrats colluding with Russia, and their attempted coup d'etat, all involving the deep state and the media, all that stuff. And the media, of course, ignoring it. And uh, Susan Rice, she was actually on one of the TV shows, a tape surfaced yesterday, although she wrote that infamous email on January 20th uh, summarizing that, uh, that sneaky meeting, the cabal of quizlings that Obama gathered on January 5th. She wrote an email about it. We did everything by the book. We did everything by the book. A tape turned up uh, from her in 2017 said, I didn't know anything about this. So anyway, she, was, she lied about Benghazi she, uh, many, many times. She would have been Secretary of State if she hadn't uh, been busted lying about Benghazi, but they couldn't put she it, she couldn't, they couldn't put it through a confirmation process. So she was actually thrown, uh, she was sacrificed at that point. And then she called Bo Bergdahl a uh, hero. Of course, he, he was a deserting coward who cost people lives. It cost uh, 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 some soldiers' lives looking for him. That and uh, jo- Joe Biden was, uh, you know, Mike Pompeo fired an inspector general. Uh, there was something that he was sending, uh, you know, personnel out to pick up his uh, cleaning from the Lord. I mean, what's it? Mike Pompeo supposed to go to the cleaners, for God's sakes? Well, anyway, he fired an inspector general for some reason. I don't know what it was. They asked Joe Biden about it yesterday from his uh, basement in the bunker. And this is how that went. Inspector generals were designed to make government honest, to keep it honest. It's a gigantic government. But what about the time Barack Obama fired the inspector general at AmeriCorps? I don't recall that, but I, I, I tell you what, I don't ever remember the president deciding that somebody being investigated was inappropriate. I don't remember that. That's good. That's that. This uh, dementia, this senility is going to come in very handy. Yeah. I just don't remember. You don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember grabbing that girl by the, you know what? I don't remember. Uh, so, look, this other lady is really, really lobbying hard. Uh, this Stacey Abrams, she's basically saying that if uh, Joe Biden doesn't pick me, he's a racist. Listen to her yesterday on The View. Do you think that not choosing uh, a woman of color, a black woman, actually, is a slap in the face to the black female voters? I would share your concern about not picking a woman of color because women of color, particularly black women, are the strongest part of the Democratic Party. You having a good time, Joe? If you don't pick a black woman, bro, wow. 
you're in big trouble. And by the way, with Stacey Abrams, thanks to Nancy Pelosi, all you see online are these memes about, you know, Trump being morbidly obese, and then they compare him to Stacey Abrams. That's all you see online. Thanks to uh, Nancy Pelosi for putting that out there. Poor Stacey Abrams has to go through that. This is just terrible. This is awful. Nancy Pelosi should be ashamed of herself, and uh, I condemn her for it all. Ah, the great Cindy Lauper. You've had two guests in the four-year history of the Bernie and Sid show that came into the studio with hair color that was impossible to identify. One, of course, the brilliant comedian, my dear friend Lisa Lampanelli, and the other, uh, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> she was great that day, though. She loved us. Yes, she was very sweet. Very yes. nice lady. Yes. Uh, and, and, of course, we love Lisa. Whatever happened to her? She's uh, doing good. She actually does a lot of these uh, Instagram video types of things. Oh, really? on her, yeah. But no, she quit comedy. She quit comedy, but her Instagram live videos are comedic. So let's get her back. I'm going to give her a text, Stacey, if we can get it back on the show. You know, Bill O'Reilly was just talking on his uh, short piece. He'll join us at 840. Memorial Day is coming up, and he doesn't recommend, you know, going out. He wouldn't go to a large gathering with strangers. He'll be with his family, but he wouldn't go, let's say, to a beach party at a friend's house. And um, I want to know from Bill... If there was a party that included you and I, would he go to that? I have a feeling no. I think we're, in that, we're in that kind of category of not family strangers. What do you think? I think so. You don't think you'd invite you or I? Or? Well, we're, we have a professional relationship. Oh, bigger than that. Well, we have had dinner with uh, right. Mr. O'Reilly. I've been right. to his home right. for New Year's Eve. See what I'm saying? But it's still, you know, it's, it's, you know. strangers are best. Yeah, yeah, he's Bill O'Reilly, and we're you know we're a couple of schmucks. <laughs> you know, at least I don't, oh, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying he thinks that way, but um, I'm going to ask him. How he about is that? like uh, you know he's, he, he he the man is huge. No, I, I, no question. But he's yeah. talking about staying at home and reading a couple of good books and yeah. doing his work. Yeah, no, he wouldn't come to a no 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 chance. I don't think. And so. he would invite us to his. Palatial. Well, he hasn't invited us many times. He's right. invited us to. Yeah, the but that was before the virus. Yes, before the virus. Well, now is not the time necessarily to be having big gatherings, as he says. Well, it's, it'll be the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> be the three. Oh, that's true. You're right. I think I threw Sean Hannity in there. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Bill coming up at 840. Here is uh, Jeff Bernard. Jeff is in Jersey City. First phone call of the day. He's on line four. Good morning, Jeffrey. Guys, you guys are the best. I mean, it really, I love your attitude, Sid. You want to go after de Blasio? I know you'd go out on the street and choke him if you could. I could. But anyway, I listen, would. <laughs> I called to talk about um, the baseball players. The other sports are making plans to play. They have a good attitude. The baseball players, like they've always been, they play for the money. That's all. There's, there's people lining outside of, of, of a church because they're starving to death. People are suffering. And they're to- these guys are millionaires. They should give the money back. The baseball players, they're scumbags. Uh, listen, I agree. I said it yesterday. Uh, no, there's no bigger rabbit sports fan than me. And I said yesterday, my concern is the guy, exact verbiage I used yesterday, my concern is the guy at the end of the block who's got a little store who can't feed his family and blah, blah. I'm not worried about Bryce Harper or LeBron James or Sidney Crosby. Those are the names I used yesterday. So, yes, the other sports are looking to return. And baseball, between the owners and the players, they seem to be the greediest of the bunch. Well, that, and that but the thing, and uh, I guess to uh, the caller's point, uh, it, it would be a big morale booster for the nation. Now is not the time to be greedy 
and selfish. I mean, they make money hand over fist oh, already. Please, please. So in in this you know particular crisis, you you can go from uh, uh, you know instead of making twenty million, you can make sixteen million. I mean, for God's sakes, even if it's ten million, so I, I, what? I'm just throwing it out I mean, there. Come that, on. That's that's the uh, that's the the bigger point with the baseball players what? for for them to not play because of money. It's really pathetic. And in this time when the nation needs this morale boost yeah, uh, is really pretty disgusting. My fear is this, though. I was having this conversation with Daniel other people. Well, baseball is really going to feel the wrath. And I said, <laughs> if I had a dollar every time somebody told me some sport when the baseball players went on strike, they're not coming back. Fans came back in droves the next year. When, uh, when Rice knocked out his girlfriend in the elevator and football fans, they were done. It was over. They broke the record the next year for attendance and merchandise sales. My point is, time and time again, we get so angry. Now we're done. That's it. These players, these greedy bastards. It's the COVID. People are dying. And let me guarantee you this. I'm going to guarantee it. As mad as Chris Mad Dog Russo is. If they don't play this year, and everybody's pissed off, by April 1st of next year, there won't be an empty seat in a stadium across the nation. Not one. Well, and that's they, why sports fans are the worst. Went their uh, attend, uh, fan, uh, fan attendance wasn't it in decline already? I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were. Uh, I think uh, they were bleeding, uh, you know, uh, eyeballs. Some of them and and, and, and knees. But as a sport, Major League Baseball. It's a nasty. That's a nasty image. As a sport, because of the international uh, flavor now, and because of the merchandising and the TV contracts, baseball is actually healthier now than it's ever been in the, financially. Healthier now than in the history uh, of the sport. Yeah, and I don't doubt that uh, what you're saying is true. The uh, you know the 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 customer has a sh- short memory. They won't Very hold short. it against them. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that it is a pretty uh, it's gross. Yeah, it's a gross. selfish, greedy, despicable yeah. thing not to make an effort to come back now. You know, just even if it's just symbolic, it is. It will be having carry an asterisk with it, of course. All those things. You're not going to have fans cheering you. I mean, come on. What are, what are you doing the rest of the year? Sitting on your, your the butt all year long. Agreed. Get out there for a couple of months, and it would, it would do wonders for, uh, you know, for our, our, our attitudes. <laughs> I mean, for everything. And fans remember the first time. What I'm talking about is after 9-11. Different set of circumstances. I understand that. But when the Mets came back and Mike Piazza hit that home run against the Atlanta Braves, and you saw Bobby Valentine and John Franco and all those guys crying. America cried with Mike Piazza. That Yankee Diamondback World Series, you know, that's, and the Yankees lost, we know, that to Arizona. But the world was caught up in it. Yeah, when Bush threw out the... Uh, the first pitch. Yeah. So you know that when baseball comes back, if they did it, right, that first home run, that first magic moment. I know the fans are not going to be there. That's going to be a, a huge miss. I, I, people tend to minimize that. I don't. It's a huge part of sports. The roar of the crowd. The fans holding up the signs after 9-11. You can't just minimize that. That's a big, big miss. But there will still be moments, even without fans, that will be remembered forever if the players come back and do the right thing. Here's Maria in Middletown on line 5. Good morning, Maria. Hey, guys. Great. Joe, thank you so much for helping to get us all through this um, horrible situation. Thank you, Maria. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know, tomorrow is deemed uh, Freedom Friday, and there are various groups calling for everyone to just, you know, small business open up, um, and then the people will show up. Um, Openthestates.com is one of the places, so I just wanted to make sure 
now that everybody was aware of but that. But thank you for that. OpenTheStates.com. But are you in Middletown, New York, or Middletown, New Jersey? New Jersey, Senator okay. O'Scanlan's uh, okay, area. Okay, big difference. Right, okay, right, 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 right. Uh, Senator Declan O'Scanlan. Yeah. Also, Phil Murphy. Yeah. He lives but, but in, the he same, was, in the same... Uh, he was our guest. Right. So, uh, so, so yeah, Freedom Fridays tomorrow. Open up the states.com in New Jersey. The uh, gym owner actually uh, down in Attilus, New Jersey, he was arrested. Uh, they, they actually charged him with uh, uh, being a public nuisance. I think the two of them. Uh, so, you know, they need support. They need. I don't know if the gym's open again today. I don't know what the ah, status he's is. He's got to be crazy. It's $1,000 a day. He's been arrested. Well, They're harassing his members. But, it's but, not working. It's but, not working. The GoFundMe page will take care of the financial part of it. Uh, but... Uh, Either way, he need what he needs is people, more people like him to open up. He needs more people. He can't be the only one. We need more courageous people like him. Yeah. And then they'll get the message. If it's only him, yeah. they can keep him under control. And and shortly after Governor Murphy, who did speak about his thing, we're just not ready. We're just not there yet. Even though you have these, you know, Walmart and every place is open. These guys are doing everything that Walmart and all these big box stores are doing, doing the same thing. Anyway, after Murphy said that, about 45 minutes later, their toilets, their toilets backed up. Sewage came out of their uh, toilets, yeah, yeah. and they had to close the gym. They also have cameras in the parking lot now. That, that, exactly. Taking video of people leaving, leaving so they know who you are. And they're following uh, right. the people. It does, it's no good. And the police don't want to be doing that crap. No, I know. It's a waste of manpower. But again, I've got friends uh, in New Jersey, in the northern part of the state. Frank is one of them. And uh, they won't do it. They're, they're watching what he's going through, and it's just, it's just not worth the... I even say, you could be a hero. And uh, hero, heroism is nice, don't get me wrong, but I'm not ready to deal with that type of nonsense. Folks, so. this, they, 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 they can't do this. This is not... Uh, we, we are, you know... Of course they can do it. They're doing it. They're doing it. We are, we, we're supposed to be governed by the consent of the people. They're doing it. And the people aren't consenting to this. The, these emergency powers are supposed to last a short time, and that's it. Now these people are exploiting it, and they're, they, it's going. It's a perpetual lockdown, is what it is. And again, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But the front page of the New York Post says yeah. it all. Yeah, open so up today now. So, so, so we've been Everything. saying for two months. Here is a Robert in the Bronx, Bernard. He's online too. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, guys. How are you today? We're well. How are you? Good, good. So uh, after the '84 strike, I promised I would never, ever pay for a baseball ticket again, and I stuck to it. Now, during the last war, and we're in a war right now, the baseball players put down their bats and picked up a rifle and went to war for this country. These guys today, they can kiss my entire ass, all of these baseball players. They should be playing for free. Uh, I yeah, love it, We Robert. agree. I, no, love, we agree. I love it. I love your passion, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is, uh, as he pointed out, Ted Williams fought in, the, in World War II. So did Joe in, the, in the Korean War. So did Yogi Berra. Well, a, a lot All of them. them, a lot exactly. Stan Musial, and, and these, these, the, these Bryce Harper creeps, right, these mutts, these Get, dogs, and Bryce Harper, who by the way received a contract in excess of three hundred yeah. million dollars. He, he can't be bothered. Yeah, he's he, he's above it all. Son of a bitch. Here is uh, Tom in New Jersey, on line three. Hello, Tommy. Hey, you guys. How you doing? Great show. Great show. Thank Go you. Dallas Cowboys. Go Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Go where? Hey, listen, I, 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 I just want to let you know, uh, we're, going, we're going for presidency here, and I'm gonna, you can write it down, Sid, put it on, in a magic marker. Okay. Michelle Obama is going to be running for vice president. Well, it's she doesn't have to run, but yeah, listen, it would take one phone call. 
And and believe me when I tell you that she'd be telling him. He wouldn't be picking her. She's still his boss, her and her husband. So if Michelle Obama wanted to be VP, and I'm telling you, Tom, to write it down, she doesn't want it. But if she wanted to be VP, it would take one phone call and it would be done. And for him, it would be great because he could, he could boast about getting Michelle and Barack back in the White House. For me, at least, for Sid, that would be his best pick. If there is a best pick, but it's not going to happen. Well, listen, I'm not sure uh, how that would play in the swing states that they need. I really am not sure about that. I know she's popular in, uh, you know, in many precincts, but once she starts articulating policy positions, a lot of that popularity goes down immediately. As day one, that popularity goes down. Then she has to actually articulate what she believes in. And if, if she doesn't believe in, uh, you know, for example, a hydraulic fracking in Pennsylvania or coal mining in, in some states or whatever it is, clean coal mining. She wants to do away with all the same policies that, the, uh, that Obama had. Uh, you, you heard the, uh, the guy we had on yesterday, eight years of Obama's economic policies. When we, we, we hit rock bottom in the recession, we had nowhere to go but up, but he managed somehow to, to make us go sideways for eight years. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things. It wouldn't be a, a necessarily a lock for Biden that he's going to be Trump just because he gets Michelle Obama. No, no, I'm not saying... A lot of people... That's his best do, chance. I'm not saying it's a lock he's going to beat him, but his best chance to beat him is Michelle Obama, and I will disagree with you. I think you place a lot of importance on policy. I don't think a lot of Americans do. They are still immensely popular, yes, the Obamas. No, you're right. Immensely popular. You're absolutely right. And national, that would give him his best chance. And the national polls reflect that, but I'm talking about the swing states where they need certain uh, people who will look at these policies and say, look, that's not going to help me. That's what helped that, uh, Trump get elected in 2016. True. And, and uh, that, that's going to repeat itself. That's all he needs is the same people that voted from last time to vote from again this time. Even though he loses in the national polls, he'll still win. I don't think it's going to happen anyway, so I think it's a moot point. And uh, it is important, though, who he does pick. And it can't be a Stacey Abrams, a, a Liz Warren, a Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> if he really wants to have a shot here at beating Trump, and I do think he has a shot. I think he has a legitimate shot because, unfortunately, the president is being blamed for something that he did not do. He's got to pick the right person. China girl. <laughs> funny. China. 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 So uh, Ian Smith, Catillus Jim in Belmore. It's a weird spelling, actually. It's B-E-L-L-M-A-W-R. Not like Belmore, Long Island, which is M-O-R-E. Belmore, New or Jersey. Belmore, New Jersey as well. Oh, that's right, too. They shut him down. The, uh, the, the uh, New Jersey Department of Health shut the gym down, so they made his life miserable for two days. Uh, with summonses, and they harassed his uh, folks, and now they shut it down. So this is, I told you how the conversations the last couple of days with guys in northern Jersey, they were watching him very, very closely, and they weren't going to reopen based on what they did the last couple of days. Now they're really not going to reopen because they shut the guy down. So. They all should have coordinated and opened at the same time. It's hard to do that. They don't know each other. They, you know. By the uh, way, they were charged with, uh, actually charged <laughs> criminally with being pub- a public nuisance yesterday. Public nuisance. Uh, today was also supposed to be the first day of Fleet Week. I remember I moved to the Upper West Side about uh, two years ago, but we spent the first two years back in New York down on Hanover Square by Wall Street, by the South Street Seaport. 
And that was a haven for these guys in their white suits walking around all the bars there on Stone Street. It's normally just such a great time. Unbelievable time. It's just a fun time, the unofficial beginning of summer and all these sailors walking around. It's a festival. Tons of them there, right down there by South Street. Yeah, they're all over the place. But it's it's so sad. Terrible, terrible that uh, what's happened here. And it's been an overreaction. It's been a complete and total overreaction. It really well, it has. It was from the very beginning. But uh, I remember one of the other uh, sailors actually gave us a bullet. I'm, uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I bought it in. And I actually put it on Instagram a couple of years ago and came into one of the bars, bought him a drink, and he said he'd take this. And it was an actual bullet that they had used uh, on that boat in some type of uh, combat years before. I don't know. Well, I sa- still have it. By the way, sailors and Marines, of course. So. Yes, of course. Yes, all of them. So yeah. uh, they are doing it virtually, like everything else these days, virtual graduations, virtual fleet week. Idiots. I mean, just this virtual stuff is, is enough, enough with the Zoom and the nonsense. Let's get back to uh, personal contact, even the, uh, the social distancing. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. I don't care. You show me a hot-looking guy like Bernie on the beach, and I'm dancing with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think now it's time to go to news. <laughs> I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. Very appropriate. I think this is one of Bill O'Reilly's favorite songs. Kanye West, Bill O'Reilly coming up a little bit later this hour. Then we have uh, the esteemed Dr. Greer. Uh, But no one man should have all that power. That is appropriate. The front page of the New York Post, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, welcome back to the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Front page of the New York Post. The headline blaring, it needs to end now. And uh, this columnist writes a column, they quote him, on the front page, one man's plea, quote, the Big Apple is dying, its streets are empty, tens of thousands have been plunged into poverty, our leaders have no plans, no answers, New Yorkers have already learned to socially distance, businesses can adjust, the elderly and infirm can continue to be isolated. I mean, of course, uh, we've been uh, singing this uh, tune for a long time, but it is good to see it. Necessitate some urgency or, or, or achieve some urgency by being on the front page of the New York Post. I mean, it's, uh, it's time. This place is, uh, it, they're doing irreparable harm. Irreparable harm by uh, slow rolling this. The guy in his article talks about how uh, New Yorkers, uh, 3,500 New Yorkers lining up for food, for food, because they're, well, they need food. They're not working. All these people that were laid off. A lot of them, they, they didn't qualify for unemployment or they couldn't get it in time. A lot of bad things happening. By prolonging the coronavirus shutdown long after its core mission was accomplished, Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio have plunged tens of thousands of New Yorkers into poverty. It needs to end now. And he talks about the hospitalization. As, you know, we were supposed to be overwhelmed. We weren't. The ships have left. The Javis Center is closed. They weren't even used, not to mention the uh, field hospitals out Stony Brook, Westbury, Westchester County. And then he says, we were told we were, we were moments away from running out of ventilators. We weren't. And now the United States has built so many, we're giving them away to other countries. Meanwhile, the Big Apple is dying, writes this guy, David Marcus. The Big Apple is dying. Its streets are empty. And then he says, we should always consider that we are led by idiots, Cuomo and de Blasio have no plan. There is not a single question about when New York can get back to normal, to which they have a straight answer, not one. And they cash their their taxpayer checks 
and a lot of people, well, their, their businesses are dying and they're, they're maybe w- still waiting for the government check, but we shouldn't be waiting for a government check. But they do have a plan. It's just that the plan, the seven phases that Como has set up is unattainable. Yeah. So they do have a plan. Exactly. He's wrong about that. Uh, and, of course, let's not forget that the next time we can even discuss, Bernard, the next time we can even discuss phase one, which is nothing, manufacturing, construction, nothing, is not until June 13th. Which is why I agree with his uh, next sentiment emphatically. If our elected leaders won't save the world's greatest city from a slow death by economic strangulation, the people of New York must do it themselves. Barbers, tailors, nail salons, sporting goods stores, movie theaters, others should open their doors while maintaining social distancing, of course, and dare the state to shut them down. It's an affront to Americanism. We did what we were asked to do. We flattened the freaking curve. There is no longer any reasonable justification for the government to deprive us of our livelihoods. And our rights aren't the government's to grant or take away. They belong to us. We're Americans. More than that, New Yorkers, goddammit. That's how he ends the column. Actually, uh, use the Lord's name in vain. Mike Breen would be very, very upset. But I think maybe in this case he may not be because Listen, he is really uh, it, emphasizing is, the anger we're all feeling. This is life and death. It yeah. really is. And to that point... Also, uh, I, I guess coincidentally, uh, yesterday, 600 doctors sent a letter to the president of the United States, 600 doctors, uh, all about uh, what, what we're, we are alarmed at what appears to be the lack of consideration for the future health of our patients. The downstream health effects of a lockdown are being massively underestimated and underreported, and this is an order of magnitude error. In other words... Like 10 times more people are going to suffer than uh, what's being projected from these shutdowns. The letter continues. The millions of casualties of a continued shutdown will be hiding in plain sight, but they will be called alcoholism, homelessness, suicide, heart attack, stroke, or kidney failure. In youths, it will be called financial instability, unemployment, despair, drug addiction, unplanned pregnancies, poverty, and abuse. Because the, and because the harm is diffuse, there are those who hold that it does not exist. We, the undersigned 600 doctors, know otherwise. And they go on to cite examples, anecdotal, you know, in their experience of people committing suicide. And it's all led by this woman named Dr. Simone Gold. She got 600 uh, doctors to sign on to this letter that they sent to the president yesterday. And uh, it's, it's all true. The lockdown is, is, because, is a disaster. It's a disaster. It's causing way more harm. And, of course, there was this... Uh, this guy from CNBC, his name is Carl Cantania, and he talks about J.P. Morgan. You have this, this, this is CNBC and Carl Cantania, NBC folks. And J.P. Morgan is no uh, a, a political organization. This is what he writes. J.P. Morgan has a devastating piece arguing that infection rates have declined, not increased, in states where lockdowns have ended, even after allowing for an appropriate measurement lag. In the absence of conclusive data, these lockdowns were justified initially. This is Carl Cantonia writing about the J.P. Morgan uh, study. But millions of lives were destroyed because of the lockdown, with little consideration that lockdowns might not only cause economic devastation, but potentially more deaths than COVID-19 itself. What more do we need to know? The, the, the news is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's not overwhelming. Uh, unfortunately, it's underwhelming. I mean, the news on the Bernie and Sid show is overwhelming. And this segment for 13 minutes has been overwhelming. 
But when you watch every news channel across America, your local news in just about every city and every cable channel, they are still talking about the life and death COVID situation, the seriousness of a second wave, how we are rushing too quickly to do this and to do that. So it's not overwhelming. It it is scientifically, Bernard, but unfortunately, it's underwhelming because of the media in this country. I don't listen to the fake news. And uh, Elliot Rabin... This guy that opened Peter Elliott's, remember a couple of weeks ago on the Upper East Side, this boutique? He finally got a summons yesterday, and he said this. We are not a country of sheep, but we have been treated like sheep. We need people, more people like this guy. Yeah, but more until people we, like the Ian uh, Smiths. Uh, I, I know what uh, you're going to uh, say. Uh, uh, until we get more people, we are a country of sheep. Right, right but, but he's not. And, and oh, he's great. trying to get other, he's trying to galvanize other people to his credit and to Ian Smith's credit and to everybody else who's going to attend these rallies over the weekend, these freedom rallies. And there was this business coalition. Hold on one second. I know you know what I'm going to say. But, again, they shut down his gym in New Jersey. This guy, Elliot Rabin, got a summons today. Bernie, people are not, and I I told you, it's anecdotal, but I speak to people who own prop. They don't want to open. We need more Shelley Luthers. We need more Elliot Rabins. We need more Ian Smiths. And we need more people like this. these people from the uh, coalition of... Can I finish, please? Yes, yes. This coalition of small businesses, listen to what they said. Let these people go back to work so that their hard-earned, client, their hard-earned profits and their hard-earned efforts shouldn't be going down to big box stores and stores that were given, I'm sorry to say, preferential treatment in this pandemic. If our businesses remain shut and our after-school programming is not able to safely reopen, the economic devastation that is occurring to parents that are at home with children with no opportunity for childcare is going to be almost impossible to remedy. And this coalition of small businesses represents 280 small businesses. They're calling for businesses to all reopen on May 26th, which is uh, Tuesday of next week. That's great. Uh, until we get political leaders that are not going to put people in jail, not write people's summons, not shut their businesses down. In my opinion, it's all nonsense. You could put together all the coalitions you want. You can tell me, let you finish all you want, Bernard. But I speak to people-owned businesses. They're not going to do it. Until the government officials allow people to go back to work without harassing them, their clients, their members, putting them in jail. Yes, Shelley Luther's a real hero. She went to jail, and when she got out of jail, Texas was allowing her to reopen her business. It's the government officials that need to let these people do it because, quite frankly, the overwhelming majority of people, they're not rebels. They're not going to go through all this. They're just not. Well, if you have that defeatist attitude, uh, then it's it's going to become a fait accompli. I lead the people like Elliot Rabin and those people from the Small Business Coalition, people like Ian Smith. Let's let them inspire people to go out there and defy these petty socialist liberal tyrants. But they're not winning. They're not winning. No, no, they're not. They're not. But it's a fight. So listen, you don't doesn't because you're not winning doesn't mean you stop fighting. You keep fighting and you fight harder. And, and, and hope for the best. Look, as the weather gets warmer, people are really suffering from uh, lockdown fatigue. It may become infectious. And look, these people, 280 small businesses, that's not nothing. They're going to join Elliot Rabin, who did it a few weeks ago. He got his one summons. I guarantee you, just like Shelley Luther and Ian Smith, they'll get more money from GoFundMe pages when they get publicity if they need to. But they're not looking for that. They just want to they want to work hard. They don't want to sit home and accept a government check. They don't want their businesses to die. And as the other guy said from, uh, from Barstool Sports, he'd rather die 
from coronavirus then start all over in a nine-to-five job after all the blood, sweat, and tears he put into uh, opening up his business. And I'm sure these people feel the same way, and I understand it completely on the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. All right, five minutes. Actually, excuse me, ten minutes to Bill O'Reilly. Always a magnificent segment. Then uh, Dr. Greer is coming up at nine. And he's a brilliant guy. He's been everywhere. So we have really two tremendous guests in a row coming up. Before we get to them, we'll take a couple of more phone calls. And we're going to go to Kevin in Westchester. He's online, too. Good morning, Kevin. How are you, pal? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Uh, What's up, Kevin? Listen, uh, first of all, up Hayes and all its loyal men for Bernie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, class of yeah. what? 74. 75. Oh, no. So we were there together. We were there together. Yeah, we need Father McCormick back to get the city back. Father McCormick and and, and Ansaldi. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. He was the dean of discipline. Anyway, uh, we we talk inside baseball with Cardinal Hayes. Uh, George Carlin went to Cardinal Hayes for like two years. So did Martin Scorsese, by the way. He's a graduate. And Regis Philbin. Yeah, yeah, he was was one of uh, of the most famous ones. But uh, listen, the uh, reason I called, I was trying to get you guys yesterday, because um, uh, you, you spoke about Fleet Week before, but uh, yesterday should have been the parade of sail when all the ships come in yeah. for Fleet Week. Yep. And today would have been the first uh, first day of public visitation for the ships. And, uh, you know, Manhattan and all the boroughs be knee-deep in sailors, Marines and Coast Guard and visiting the city. Yeah. Uh, well, not going to happen. So. It's a real shame. <laughs> Maybe 2021. It's, it's one of a million things that we should be enjoying, specifically here in New York this summer, that we will not be able to enjoy. We're getting robbed, yo. We're getting robbed. Because yes. of the Chinese. The yeah. communist. And let's not forget, well, the communist Chinese. It's not because of the Chinese at this point. It's because of, uh, of our government officials. They started it yeah, well, months that, and months ago. You're, but, you're right. They're perpetuating. Uh, they, uh, they handle on. it very poorly. And, uh, yeah, we're over the... the Way past the peak. I mean, we just went through it all. Yeah, I mean, they, they've taken a bad situation, and here in New York, they're making it worse for no, no, at least for no scientific reason that we can figure out. Sergeant Dan, New York, line three. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hey, Bernie. Hey, said Long time. Uh, been locked down with this COVID. How are you guys making out? Good, good. Yeah, we used to hear from you all the time. I guess you're feeling okay? Yeah, fine. Just uh, on the quarantine. I just uh, took a break. But listen, two, two quick things. Uh, Cuomo's plan you were talking about. His plan is when things go good, I take credit. And when things go bad, I blame the federal government. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what happened, yeah. That's his plan. And number three is I'm not a conspiracy guy, but the more, you know, as your conversation's going on, the more I'm thinking is there is a, uh, there is a reason why they don't want to open up. And it's the, uh, the reason is in November. November's coming up. Of course. Well, we've talked about that uh, ad nauseum here, that the blue states and the specifically the mayors and the governors that are Democrats are trying to keep this economy down till as close uh, to November as they can get to ruin the election for Donald Trump. So I'm not sure that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's, that's actually part of it. Now, what percentage, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that's 50% or 80% of Cuomo's motivation, but does it play a part? I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think it's kind of obvious. Yeah, no, it's, it's obvious as the play, uh, the nose on your face. Look, uh, one quick note about Cuomo. Uh, uh, Miranda Devine in the New York Post is calling him a hypocrite, life and death in, on the nursing homes. But one line stood out. The terrible thing about Cuomo is that he has the appearance of being everything he's not. He is a facsimile of a take-charge alpha male who stands up and takes responsibility. In reality, he behaves like a dithering, vain, deceitful bully. Love it. 
and she's absolutely 1,000% right now, it's President Trump's fault. Yeah, and, and now you take it to the next level. We talked about this 90 minutes ago, that, uh, and Bill O'Reilly rails about the media all the time, and he's right. He'll be up in about 10 minutes. But we, the CBS, CBS is on inside the studio with Bernard and I, so CBS show starts, Gail King, Anthony Mason, and some other putts, and they are giddy. I mean, they're giggling how cute the Cuomo brothers together on CNN last night, how funny they were, how they love the kind of inside jokes that the brothers have. And when I tell you, Giddy, I mean, they loved them. Two guys with nice haircuts and tans. Nice tans. Uh, yes. And they're all pumped up and exercise, and they're getting paid nice big fat paychecks. They look great, and, and, and the media and, is, is loving them. And people are dying. The, 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 the city is dying. The state is dying. And these guys are yucking it up. Him and Fredo are laughing it up on TV like it's <laughs> like that. Hey, look at all the attention we're getting. This is great. Right. What and, and, can I do? And the what media. Yes, I give the media perpetuation the next morning. So that is uh, that is the major issue uh, with this country. O'Reilly talks about it all the time, and he's right. Instead of taking these guys to task like you just did, Bernie, and say, "Really? Didn't six thousand elderly people just die in New York because of your lousy policy?" Instead, they're funny. They're cute. How great is this? It's really sad. Hurt me. It's a shame. Thank you on the Bernie and Sid show. Everyone in the 77 WABC app. And as uh, we've been promoting all morning, you hear them 720 every morning here on the Bernie and Sid show. But also 840 on thereabouts every Thursday. And he's, he's the purveyor of BillOReilly.com, which has just been a wild, wild success. Especially now, folks, millions and millions of hits. You got a podcast every night, a televised a video podcast every night at 7 o'clock. Great columns, great insight. Here he is, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning to you, Bill. Hey, I'm looking for the dust mites. Hold on for a minute. <laughs> You're never going to see them, Bill. I think they're here. The dust mites. You got to watch them. Well, shoot them. Shoot them. Kill them. Squash them. They're, they're going to hurt you. Look, your latest column, Bill O'Reilly, is called The Plan at BillOReilly.com. Uh, very insightful, all about the, well, uh, Pelosi's plan to uh, help America recover from this debt, and it's a disaster. Tell us about it. Well, when you are trying to save lives and when you are trying to keep people safe, your sole focus should be on that. And so the federal government obviously is spending a lot of money, trillions of dollars, trying to do that. And that's a good thing. So the House of Representatives writes up another stimulus bill, $3 trillion, uh, which would bring the debt up to $28 trillion. But in the bill, there's all kinds of stuff like quasi-amnesty for illegal aliens, like giving marijuana merchants in the states that have legalization access to federal banks. Now, what the deuce does that have to do with fighting COVID? Really? This happens all the time, all the time. But I wanted to point out something uh, that New Yorkers should be aware of, and, I, and many of them are not. So the battle, this bill will never pass, by the way, in the House. And, and one of the reasons it won't pass is because none of the Republican senators, and by the way, the only uh, Congress person on the uh, Republican side that voted for the bill was Peter King of Long Island. Yeah, the lame duck. Well, what's up with that? That was weird. Well, he voted for it because in the bill it knocks out the limitations on people, uh, uh. property taxes and state and local taxes. 
Now, you would think that Bernie Sanders and, and uh, far left would hate that, but they don't hate it because their big donors are very wealthy people who, who they hate not being able to write off their property taxes and state taxes. So that's another thing that has nothing to do with COVID. But anyway, in New York, um, Cuomo is, is entwined with the National Democratic Party. If Biden can't make it, it will be Cuomo. That's where they will go, the Democratic Party. In Congress, the Republicans say, look, we're not going to pass this crazy bill. Not only does it have stuff in there that doesn't do with, have anything to do with COVID, but we need to have legislation that prevents sleazy extortionist lawyers from suing everybody over COVID. You have to have a federal law that says you can't do that. And Pelosi and Schumer say, oh, no, 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 we want the sleazy extortionist lawyers, to be able to sue whenever they can. In fact, there are thousands of lawsuits already filed against entities where people say they got COVID. Okay, now that'll just wreck any kind of economic recovery. Totally. You can imagine. Yes. Okay? And Disney's going to open up in the next few days. You have to sign a waiver that you're not going to sue them if you go to Disney World or Disneyland. But the waiver may or may not hold up. So anyway, um, the Democrats are adamantly against uh, any limitation on COVID lawsuits because the lawyer lobby on K Street in Washington donates millions and millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. Hmm. In fact, over the, over the past five years, it's been hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. Okay? So Pelosi and Schumer sell out the folks and go, oh, no, 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 we don't want any, uh, any limitations on litigation. Whereas the Republicans do. That's the big sticking point. But here in New York, guess who slips in that exact thing in the budget bill? <laughs> Governor Cuomo. You bet. Nobody knows it. Hasn't said a word. In the budget bill, wow. which is where Albany spends its money, slipped in is that you can't sue New York nursing homes. Over COVID. Amazing. And no one knows it. All right? And Cuomo hasn't said a blanking word about it. Not, not, he, no, no, no the, Willie. And the press corps doesn't ask him No, about never. You there, know, is, it, there is no press corps. Right. They're, they're, right. they're done. These are extras from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. You can see it. They, they kind of stagger up the, the stairs and that brains. Okay? Is it, the, there is no press corps. And that... You guys were talking about it just before the break. Yes. It, it, it just, I can't tell you how damaging it is to every single American citizen. Now, I want to, get, I want to talk to you about something that I haven't spoken about and, and that it really has a tremendous amount to do with what happens going forward on the virus in New York. Now, the people have overrided the politicians, the people have basically said, if you watch what's happening in every state, we're not going to lock down anymore. We're not sheltering in place. We're not doing, we're just not doing it. Okay. We're going out. And that's why you're seeing every state. Connecticut was the last one because I don't think Ned Lamont knew there was COVID. I don't think he knew up in Hartford. (laughs) Ned was a little bit of a problem. What? What? Okay. So Connecticut was last. But now there are, everybody is opening, and opening quickly, all right? And that may not be a good thing, because I just got stats from Georgia today, and yesterday was a bad day in Georgia. Well, keep that in mind. This is not a lock. 
But the folks have said enough. We've been in for two months. We're not going to stay in any longer, um, and we're going out. Now, the reason New York is the worst, and you take New York out of the equation, and, and we're kind of down there with uh, Belgium, um, is because there are two communities in New York. There are the communities that listen to WABC radio, that watch the news, that read the newspapers, that are informed. And then there is a very large community of people who are totally cut off from all information. They did not know of any threat until mid to late March. It was the St. Patrick's Day parade cancellation that basically woke everybody up. Before that, many millions of people in New York had no blanking clue what was happening because they are cut off from all information. They do not consume it. These folks were on the subways, in the buses, and many of them were carrying COVID and had no idea they were. That's what happened here because we have more collective association than any other city in the country by far. In Los Angeles, you're in your car. In most other cities, you're in you know, you're not on packed subways and buses. Florida, too, by the way. In Florida, you don't have any communal association. Very little. Except at the beach. Right. And that's true. I'm not being facetious. That's the only place where large numbers of people gather, all right? Because it's hot. People stay inside. Public transportation doesn't exist. So... Here in New York, when you reopen, I don't think people are going to go on the subways in great numbers anymore. You can't get in because of the homeless people have set up uh, their tents there, so you can't even get in the door anymore. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. But that, it was the, that was the primary spreader of the disease, and that's why New York got hit so hard. So if you are a person, an American citizen, who has no information and I can't tell you how many countless people fall into that category. All right? You're going to get hurt, but you're going to hurt others as well. You know, I heard you talk this morning about Memorial Day weekend, Bill, and, you know, you're not going to, you're not want to gather anyway amongst a lot of people. You're kind of a family guy. You'll be at home. But, um, you know, you'll read a couple of books. You'll do your columns. You'll go to the beach. You won't wear a mask. You did say dopey mask, which made me really happy because that's all I do is call it a dopey stupid yeah. mask. Uh, and you did call it a stupid virus, which I've done as well. A point being that you basically said, you know, you still pay attention. You're still being somewhat careful. But you're at the point, you, Bill O'Reilly, where you're just going to live your life. That's right. And that's what I'd say 80% of the American people have done. If you're over 65 and you're not in good health, please stay home. Right. All right? Yes. So, uh, really, there's nothing out there for you anyway. All right? You can, you can skateboard in July. Okay? But if you're an older person and you're not feeling so well, stay in. Yeah. All right, but for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going, first of all, I'm very unpopular, as you guys know. You've known me for a long time, and no one likes me. All right, and why would you? I never shut up. I know everything. I mean, who wants this guy at the party? Really? I don't drink. I don't take drugs. So I can't hang around with McGurk and his friends. Is that happening? You know, I, I mean, so I, I never get invited. Anyway. But I am, uh, you know, going to have a little dinner with some friends I haven't seen in a while. And we'll space it out. It'll be, at a, you know, an outdoor 
barbecue type thing. Uh, I don't know how you can wear the mask and chew at the same time. I'm trying to figure that out. Stupid. If I can get the fork up or down. or No, not wearing a stupid mask. Um, when I go to the beach, which I like to do, all right, I'm going to walk on the beach with the terror dog, and uh, I'm going to get my little chair. It's going to be a little cool, but, you know, I'm a tough guy. Um, and I'll sit there. I'm not wearing a mask on the beach because I'm breathing in the good salt air. Right. All right. Now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hire someone to go to Rockaway and go in the water and taunt Bill de Blasio. That's what <laughs> I, I want. I'm a big guy. I want to get somebody like 300 pounds, 6'8". All right, come get me, de Blasio. That's what I want. I'm, I'm looking, if any of your listeners fall into that category, contact Sid, and we'll try to work out. Well, you know, Bill, listen, uh, you, you, uh, Kamala Harris has introduced a resolution in the uh, Senate to, uh, that if you use the label of Wuhan virus, it's racist. That's a racist label. And, yeah. of course... Uh, and know, this could be the vice president nominee, yeah. uh, Kamala Harris. Um, I use Wuhan virus all the time, um, and I and I hope someone comes to my house and arrests me. <laughs> that would be great publicity for BillOReilly.com if I'm hauled off <laughs> for using the word the words Wuhan virus. I but think I could probably get couple of thousand premium members out of that and i'd be willing to spend a night in rikers just because i'd, I'd rally all the guys right. there and I'd say, you know come on you're a, uh, a courageous guy you're a martyr but the, the mentality though uh, to excuse them i'm sorry I mean, it's fascism yes. Listen, if you look at kamala harris this is a woman and if she's biden's uh vp selection that's going to be really interesting she doesn't believe in due process at all this is a woman who convicts everybody on accusation she uh, has totally flip-flopped uh, on her. She was at one time a decent prosecutor in California. But then when it wasn't really expedient anymore, she became a far-left loon. It was kind of like morphed into this. Well, at one time she was a tough prosecutor, but now she's, you know, enlightened and, and noble and all this kind of stuff. But the real problem with Kamala Harris is that she's boring. She's, she's boring. And if she weren't boring, she would have gotten a nomination. But every time on a debate, unless she was mocking Joe Biden, remember, she was the one that tore Biden up over Biden didn't want busing. But, right. Yeah, that was the right. first one. Yeah, yeah, about in 1862, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. That was a pretty long play back there. But if you look at Joe Biden, every one of his um, beliefs, he has contradicted. He hasn't maintained any consistency at all so now you have two flip-floppers on the same ticket so maybe it makes sense yeah, and, they, and they want to excuse china i guess was my point here is that sure. they, want, they want to ignore the, the the china what china did was worse than what osama bin laden did and they want to give him a pass yeah because it's politically correct and they are very noble people mcgurk you have to understand how noble they are right I, I, all right I, I, how good yeah. and kind and compassionate <laughs> yeah. and you know if you have a restaurant say named wuhan wok you're not doing that well right now <laughs> now to me i changed the name oh, you know bob's in and out burger <laughs> oh whatever oh, yeah, all yeah. right but you know they I mean, kamala harris is just so so sincere and such a 
good, good person. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put you in prison if you say Wuhan virus. There you go. Hey, listen, uh, Bill, as always, not a good appearance, a spectacular appearance. Your stuff this morning was great, too. All week long, well, I love your stuff at 720 Thank in the morning. You. So does Bernie. Have yourself a wonderful Memorial Day you weekend. Too. Enjoy the beach, okay? Indeed. I want you guys to stay safe and everybody listening, you know, just take it slow. And, and, you know, protect yourself, but don't paralyze. Get out there. It's going to be some sunny days. And uh, I appreciate being on every week with you guys a lot. We love having you. Quickly, 30 seconds on the way out here. We have, to, uh, we have a bet here. I said that if, in fact, you had invited me and Bernie to your house for Memorial Day weekend, even after the COVID now, you would still have us. Bernie said, I don't know. After the COVID, you may not. Who wins the bet? Um, I would absolutely invite both of you to my house. Okay. But I would not be here. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly and the Bernie and Sid show. All right, folks. Fourth and final hour. Bernie and Sid in the morning on this beautiful Thursday morning in New York City. 65 and sunny. We want to check this uh, very, very quickly before we get to Dr. Stephen Greer. We're looking forward to this conversation. He's, this guy's brilliant, by the way. But, um... If the world was, uh, was a normal place on this beautiful day, the Mets would be hosting Arizona in Queens. Yankees would be in Milwaukee, but the Mets would be in Queens, but they're not. And, and the sailors and Marines would be strutting around Very the streets good. of New York City. Fleet Week, that's right, would have started uh, yesterday, the parade, and today. So lots would be going on, but there's nothing going on. And maybe that's because uh, people aren't taking hydroxychloroquine. Anyway, we'll find out from Dr. Stephen Greer. He's the author of The Medical Advocate. How to Receive Optimal Health Care and Avoid Harm in the Complicated Maze of the American Healthcare System. And, of course, we all know that uh, it has taken a hit for the worse since COVID-19. Perfect guy to speak to. Let's welcome him in. Making his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, Dr. Stephen Greer. Steve, good morning, pal. How are you? Hey, good morning. Yeah, I know who you all are. You used to do a lot of Fox business myself, and you've had the show there. That's, that's good. Yeah. Hi. How, how are you doing this morning? We're doing, We're doing well. great. Thank nice to doing. have you. Thank you for uh, stopping by. Let, let's get right to the big story this week. Uh, President Trump admitted that he takes hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic. Uh, we think it's great. We've uh, been over this with many doctors on this show, many, many cases, overwhelmingly that the drug has worked in fine fashion. And yet the media and most people who hate Donald Trump have taken him to task. Dr. Greer, what's the real truth? Is this a good idea to take hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic like the president has been doing? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I haven't heard anyone else talk about this in the media, so this might be something novel. Is um, Prophylactic use is not some quackery thing that Donald Trump pulled out of his hat. It's being studied by uh, big medical centers, and uh, there's a lot of indication that it will work. Um, and they first discovered this in areas in Africa and so forth where they take the drug for malaria, so people are taking it. And then they notice, oh, there's a lower incidence of, of, uh, of the coronavirus. So um, out, kind of coincidentally, it's a small world. Out, uh, William O'Neill is the principal investigator of a trial at the Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. I've known him for 20 years. And um, they uh, have already given 3,000 employees doses um, as prophylactic for, to, to see if it prevents um, uh, the, the contraction of the virus and, and the endpoints are looking at things like uh, whether you get the virus at all and then if you do get the virus, does it uh, curtail or make this illness less serious? So that will be ready. The, da- the, trial, the data on that could be ready 
as soon as July. And the reason I think that's important is not only does it explain why President Trump is on it, uh, but I believe that will be a bigger event for the economy and the markets and so forth than the uh, the vaccine. So recently we got uh, early trial data on the Moderna vaccine and the whole stock markets went up with the thought that, oh, this will allow everyone to go back to work. I don't see that happening. Vaccines have a lot of issues, but this pill is easily given to millions of people. So if the prophylactic use uh, study shows shows uh, hope, I believe this will be the way to allow people, at least frontline people, uh, to get back to work. So th- this, in July, look for a big data event on that. Yes, sir. Dr. Greer, we will look for that. Uh, look, uh, we spoke to a doctor over a month ago working at Mount Sinai Hospital in Queens, where he, he s- said it was worse there than during uh, the aftermath of 9-11. And he, back then, was taking hydroxychloroquine as a p- prophylactic. And the politicization of uh, this uh, drug really is, the, uh, as you know, as m- most of us know, is the manifestation of Trump derangement syndrome, which, of course, there is no therapeutic or vaccine available for. But now, uh, uh, to that point, these people on TV railing against it, including some medical doctors that they put on, uh, you seem to think that's uh, really doing great harm. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, on a different channel, Joe Piscopo's show several weeks ago, I, I, I had a hunch, and then it was confirmed, is one of the direct reasons there's such a high death rate in those hospitals, like you mentioned in Queens and Brooklyn, is the uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, and, every, and the entire media has, has stigmatized this drug, so the doctors... Uh, are having trouble uh, prescribing it, if, even if they want to. But uh, there's a lot of peer pressure amongst the doctors where they, they, they laugh at the drug. So these patients come in positive, they're sick, they've got a fever, and they're not getting the medication. So, of course, they progress to more serious illness. And then just uh, to go through the steps, they put them on a ventilator, but then they don't properly take care of the ventilator, and then the ventilator ends up doing more harm than good, and then they die. So... They're not getting these drugs as a direct 100% result of this propaganda. And, and by the way, you know, that's not protected by the First Amendment. You're not allowed to uh, cry fire in a theater or something. When, when the press intentionally engages in propaganda that leads to public harm, there needs to be an investigation. That's a great that. point, Doc. That is an excellent point. He says it's criminal. I mean, it takes it above yeah. and beyond. It's harmful. You're actually saying, Dr. Greer, that it's criminal. And you happen to be uh, based on this. You happen to be right. It is criminal. So yeah. let's talk about the, the COVID-19, though, in general, Dr. Greer. Yeah. Again, we're, we're in agreement with you about hydroxychloroquine. We've been touting it like President Trump for the longest time. And, and uh, we're happy it's working for President Trump. And it seems to be working in overwhelmingly most cases. Look, it's, it seems to me that most of the states now are enjoying uh, down numbers. I know Georgia has had, has had a bad couple of days, maybe Texas too. But it seems like most of the country, including here in New York City, the numbers are way, 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 way down. Uh, but yet they keep talking about this second wave and be careful. If you all reopen too soon, we're all going to die. I mean, you, you see how, how uh, I mean, what is the real deal with this virus? Should we be expecting in the fall with a regular flu some really immense and deadly second wave? Well, it's a false argument because they are assuming that all of this house arrest nonsense has done any good. It hasn't. <laughs> by, by the way, not only has it not done any good, according to the last uh, uh, statistics we saw, the 67% of the newest cases came yeah. from people staying inside. 
Yeah, you're right ahead of me there. So first of all, we have that data you just mentioned. It's actually higher than that. When you, It's like 80% of all the new infections are coming from nursing home, people who've been under house arrest for whatever reason. And, and so it's not working. Then a Morgan... J.P. Morgan, I think, some, some quantitative analysts put out some, some research of their own that's making the news that shows that every state uh, that got out, got out of the lockdown mode had a reduction in new cases. So, so there's no, this all started not to uh, the, the whole mitigation, which is a euphemism for house arrest. It didn't start to prevent the spread of the disease. It started to flatten the curve, and we can't have the hospitals overburdened like we see in Italy. That was the first goal, and then they moved the goalposts, and now they're saying, oh, well, we got to have mitigation to prevent the spread of the disease. That was never the goal in the first place. There's no scientific evidence to show that it works, and never in the history of mankind has it ever worked, okay? So this is horse manure. This is crazy. This is insanity. It's, it's doing more harm. When you keep people inside, contract the disease more, <laughs> You know, absolutely right. Dr. Stephen Greer, he's a practicing surgeon. He wrote a book, uh, The Medical Advocate. It's uh, out there at Amazon.com, The Medical Advocate. Dr. Stephen Greer, again, a practicing surgeon. Yes, 600 doctors, uh, Dr. Greer, wrote a letter to the president yesterday to the point you were just making, which is that, again, it's, it sounds trite at this point, but the, 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 the cure is uh, actually worse than the disease. Uh, they they outline many many examples. Six hundred doctors, uh, so so we're committing ec- economic suicide and actually all kinds of other re- legitimate suicides, alcoholism, yep. poverty, despair, all that stuff. Uh, so yes, you're right. According to these six hundred doctors, maybe you were one of the doctors who signed the, uh, the list. No, no, I wasn't. But yeah, I, I read about that. And and what you're going to see perfectly correlating with these three months or so we've had our entire medical system shut down is a spike in all of the diseases that could have been prevented from heart disease, cancer, you name it. So that's another future data point to look for. Uh, Maybe in 12 months, we'll be able to retrospectively look back and you're going to see a big spike in cancers and and things. And and that's the other is we're so involved in this and we're so close in it. we, We really need years to reflect on it. But right now we have shut down the american medical system that's insane that, that that's that's the big yep. uh, yeah you know so so you can't go to the hospital if you have to go to the hospital they at best if you can even get into the hospital they make you do a a nasal swab and wait three days and no one's going to do that so um yeah we can't shut down the medical system no. and no. especially since the reason behind it is the reason that is invalid there's no reason to to do the mitigation in the first place because it doesn't work. Well, we couldn't agree more. And I got to tell you, one of the things that I do, because I'm a rebel, is I go to the park every day, Dr. Greer, and I yell at people. It's a terrible thing. I know, but I do it. I yell (laughs) at people, take your stupid mask off. It's 70 degrees outside. The sun is shining in your face. We know for a fact, I don't got to be a doctor to know this, that the vitamin D is great for your lungs. It's great for your immune system. I refuse to wear a mask. I got cops. I got cops at the entrance to my park in Riverside Park and Central Park offering me a mask, and I go, no, thank you. They never bother me. But can you please, Dr. Greer, uh, for one once and for all, end this argument. Do you need a mask outside? Uh, uh, mask in general, if it's a, not now. For this specific case, the virus is getting killed outside by the humidity and the, and the sunlight and so forth. Um, 
but um, I, I, I don't subscribe to the whole notion that the virus is something that needs the mask. So, um, no, I mean, masks are clearly a government CYA move. They first lied to us, flat out lied to yep. us, and said, oh, you don't need a mask. And now, they, oh, you must wear a mask. They've got to show that they're doing something. And if they didn't, Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo would look bad. So they've got to say, look, we're enforcing masks, you know. It's just pure government stupidity, compounding stupidity. So um, uh, I, I, if someone wants to wear a mask for their own sake, I would not discourage it, especially if they're elderly or, or immune-compromised. Um, but, no, I, I think your point is, yes, this is clearly just government, uh, you know, bureaucracy. And um, so... Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, you get conflicting information from uh, from start to finish. Dr. Fauci was here. He was there. He was everywhere. It was okay to take a cruise. Now uh, we, we know in retrospect, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci was dead wrong about the cruises. CDC now says that the coronavirus does not spread easily on surfaces. We were told, oh, my God, it stays on surfaces for 72 hours. So, yes, a lot of misinformation and uh, confusion. If you have time, I'll, I'll give you 30 seconds on Fauci. I was the first guy in the nation to say that his models were bogus and that he's scared, but it was too late. He had already shut down the country. Anthony Fauci, this is not controversial. It's not uh, like that pandemic movie. Read his 2011 op-ed in the Washington Post. He admits it. Anthony Fauci created these viruses in his lab in a very controversial method called gain of function, which is, again, a euphemism for genetically engineering viruses to be deadlier. And it was so controversial that President Obama shut it down in 2014 after Ebola. And then Anthony Fauci took advantage of the new administration and restarted his program in 2017. So that might explain why Anthony Fauci... Oh. It's, it's panicking so much because he knows his lab directly funded the Wuhan lab in China. So yeah. Anthony Fauci is another criminal in this whole act. There's He's a lot of really bad people that are going to go down in history with this, including Governor Cuomo's killing of thousands of people in nursing homes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can say that again. Well, well listen, uh, Stephen, you are terrific. Dr. Stephen Greer, again, uh, go out and buy his book. It's The Medical Advocate. How to Receive Optimal Healthcare and Avoid Harm in the Complicated Maze of the American Healthcare System. And we bring on a lot of folks, a lot of doctors, but it's always nice when we bring on folks like you that actually make sense and are not afraid to go after the bureaucracy of the local politicians. So you were terrific. Thank you so much. Stay well. God bless you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, you got sir. it, pal. Take care. Dr. Stephen Greer right here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. You gotta love it. It's a good summer song, bro. It from certainly Marlon. is. Grease is you the know, word. A lot of these uh, pop-up drive-ins. They're showing this uh, this, this movie. Grease. Yeah. There was one in Astoria. They were showing uh, Grease last weekend. I'm gonna go to one. I, I love I love the whole idea of a drive-in movie theater. I think it's kind of cool. You know, the only problem with these pop-up drive-in movie theaters is uh -huh. they they're using PA, a PA system as opposed to the old. You remember you used to put the speaker in the car? I remember Fred Flintstone had like a big, uh, no, no. big run. You, did you never go to a no, drive? -in? I did. Yeah, the, the speaker, the, the, it was in your car. Right, 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 exactly. You don't have that now. No, so you have to leave you your windows roll the open. Window down, sit on top, and try to and try to hear it. But isn't that dangerous? 
No. Isn't the whole idea not no, to roll outside. down your no, window? You're outside. Who cares? Scroll. No, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. I know you are. I know. I, I, but I listen. Some, hold on. Just real quick. Some uh, drive-in movie theaters have a radio station you can tune into. And oh, they is will that right? Brought, yes, I've been to one in Warwick, New York. That oh, one of the greatest places yeah. ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's a prison up there. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. I, vis- I visited a friend. And- Don't forget that John Travolta, when Sandra D slammed the door at the movie theater, he was at the movie theater, and she slammed the door right on his three-piece set. And then he broke into Sandy when he went to the swings. What a great scene. <laughs> the, bri- the drive-in movie theater yeah. in the movie Grease. I remember. one 800 here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everyone at 77 WABC app. Listen, uh, we just, just talked to Dr. Greer, and he mentioned the study that I uh, alluded to a couple of times this morning. Of course, front page of the New York Post, as I said, a big one, big splash headline. It, it, one man's plea. It needs to end now. End the lockdown, he says. The Big Apple is dying. And then he goes on and on to explain why we have to reopen everything right now before it's too late. And then a big uh, J.P. Morgan study reported by uh, a CNBC reporter, Carl Cantania. He actually tweeted it, this report, about how uh, this uh, lockdown is not working. The lockdowns where states have ended, uh, they, their rates have declined. Where lockdowns, where lockdowns are in place, they're going up, according to Carl Cantania. And uh, he's been suspended by CNBC for actually reporting that. No. <laughs> no. Oh, you're kidding. Okay. I am kidding. But no, but check it out. And, and, and of course, uh, CNBC, you know, the liberal uh, outlet, and JP Morgan, not a political uh, entity whatsoever. And then, of course, uh, Ron DeSantis, he got slaughtered, slaughtered, did he, for his policies down in Florida. He was with Mike Pence. Again, another, another guy who really shone, who really stepped up during this pandemic, Mike Pence. But anyway, Ron DeSantis feeling some, well, he, he wants a, a piece of flesh out of the media for, for demonizing him for a long time. He's been vindicated. This was him yesterday. Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks. Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy. Wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that. And it hasn't happened. We've succeeded. And I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative. It challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell He's angry. He's angry. He wants his pound of flesh. He's he's calling out the fake news, you know, because good for him. But the best part is, he goes, at the very end, he goes, I got a bridge in Brooklyn. You're the governor of Florida. How about a bridge in Miramar or Miami or well, Fort Lauderdale? But, but actually, the, <laughs> but the, the bridge in Brooklyn, you know, is, that's, is, that's, that's, that's a saying, that's I know. traditional. Yeah, uh, it's universal. And isn't Florida really an extension of New York? 100%. Another borough with palm trees. Lots right. of Jews and same, uh, same commo, uh, commie commandos as we've got here, by the way. Except, except no, income, no income tax. Right. And they uh, consistently, by a slim margin, though, Vote red. True. 
I vote. I mean, very but not not South Florida because they've got Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no, but I'm talking as a whole. As a whole, yes, they had what's his name was the governor before uh, DeSantis. They had um, the guy with Rick the bold, Scott. Bold head, Rick yes. Scott, and he uh, and Rick Scott did beat Bill Nelson. And then you had uh, Bush won Florida in 2000. Jeb Bush, very good. By, no, no, uh, Jeb Bush was the governor, but right. the, uh, George Bush won. Oh, yes. after that recount of Al Gore, Florida always close. And again, uh, Trump won it. Uh, so uh, Marco Rubio won down there. Keep hope alive. You know what I'm saying. Burn. I hear you. Honey. We can go there, you and I. It's it's a little it's redder than New York. We can we can go there. Well, you know, my wife Carol would love for us to go there, but she wants the middle part of the state. Is that red or is that? I don't know. It, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably more, right? Oh, more so. Yes. Probably have like Confederate flags. To well, be honest, well, well, yeah, she, it's not exactly the Panhandle, but no, uh, I know. She loves, you know, Orlando, Disney, all that Absolutely. stuff. Yeah, beautiful. Me, I'm looking for a nice cold. Right. You want to be like, you want to die want like New Jack Hampshire. Nicholson. You, at the end of The Shining, that's how you want to die. I want Montana. <laughs> I want Wyoming. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice weather out there. Though. Yeah. No, well, it gets cold in the winter. I know, but not like Maine but or Vermont. It does. It gets zero, zero degrees. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. Very oh. cold. But, but I like that. And then in, yeah. the, in, the, in the summer, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. So you you're get, going west? I don't know yet. I mean, my wife calls the shot, so I'm probably no. Going, I know. Me I'm too. probably going to Florida. Well, I'm but, going uh, west. I'm going to. California. I'm just telling you what I prefer. Oh, you're probably going to Florida. I mean, look, it would she, be funny if you ended up in Florida. She wears and I'm the, the one in California. She wears the pants. California. Yes, I'm, I'm over to Carmel. Oh, you're, you're, you're bucking the trend. Oh, it's done. People I know. are fleeing. I know, but the, the place you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a tents, a homeless tents outside. No, your, not your house. In, not in Carmel, not in Monterey, not in uh, Monterey, not in Big Sur, Listen, not there. I'm not I, going I, to San Francisco, or I, LA. Ideally, I would go to California. I know you would. I You'd would be go to right Southern, next to me in Carmel. It would be beautiful. Right, San Diego is a gorgeous place. Boring, but pretty. Uh, yeah, exactly. is pretty. I mean, it's just yeah. not. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking. You don't to, know to go shake my booty at on you, you Friday nights. Right. I'm looking to go. I'm, you know, I'm getting up there in years. I'm looking, at, I'm looking to chill. When was the last time you actually, quote unquote, shook your booty? <laughs> what will they say? Monday at school. Monday at school. Well, there's a scene I was talking about. Stranded in the drive-in. John Travolta when Olivia Newton-John slams a door on his um, three-piece set. Oh. Then he walks over to the swings and sings this. Welcome back. I'm going to go see this at the drive-in theater. I swear to God, I love this movie. I think I saw this movie 20 times in the theaters when it came out. I really did. Loved it. Listen, they're opening the Long Beach boardwalks, Long Beach, New York, where I live uh, this weekend. Thank the Lord Jesus. Is that right? And yes, and what they do out in Long Beach is a really nice thing. They have movies on the beach. Sunday nights, right? Uh, Saturday nights. Okay, cool. And this one gets played... Every summer. Every summer. Every summer. Jaws. One, one right. Saturday night, Jaws. Why do they play Jaws, though? Because it, it just you bring the kids. But the kids don't want to go in the water when they see Jaws. Eh, it's, it's a summer movie. You I know. Guess, you, yeah. People get yeah. over it. You yeah. know. Well, I think. The, that meme was the one that uh, was running for a long time. The, the guy who ran that city in the movie, who kept wanting to, you know, he wanted to open the beaches. And uh, Roy Schotter wanted to close the beaches because of the uh, the shark, you know. Right. So they keep playing that, that meme over and over again about closing and opening the beaches from the scene from Jaws. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. But Greece, that's, uh, that, that's a great, that's a great Fantastic. summer movie. I, 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 I wish it was on uh, TCM or something. I know. I, I don't see it anywhere. Well, you can buy it on Amazon Prime and all that stuff. You know, you can, you can find it. Out of bed. I may, yeah, may have bucks. to do that. Yeah, why not? Or, or wait till it comes out on the, on the boardwalk in Long Beach. The could, summer starts this weekend. Could do that. I, right? don't, I don't know if they're going to do that this year. Oh, that's true. You can't put people together. No, either way. Ah, one weekend at a time. The board, oh, you just have the, me so excited. Listen, the, the boardwalk in Long Beach is opening up. 
I am so excited. How are they going to um, enforce social distance on the boardwalk? Well, they're going to, first of all, limit it to only Long Beach residents. That's it. That's it. So, uh, so I can't come. Apparently not. Right. I'll be in Brazil. Uh, anyway. You know what? I, and, and here's the thing, too. A lot of people come from even just closer locales like Oceanside, Island Park. Can't do it. I don't know how. I mean, I don't think it's fair to them. I, I, I consider them part of the community. Is it the same area code? I mean, zip code and zip code? I don't even know if it's the same zip code, but, uh, you know, they're like, it's just like, it's a five-minute drive. Right, right. You know, I, I don't right. see, it's a... I feel bad for him, but not that bad, as long as right. I can get on. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you, I am. And uh, the beauty is, as we get to wrap up this show, when you and I leave here tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, whenever we, we, wherever we are, when we, we, we're done at 10 o'clock in the morning, we're not back till Tuesday. You know, we're not having a day off in a long time. It's been a long time since you and I had a day off, so. Yes. Well, we're going to enjoy Monday. At least there hasn't been much going on. No, There's, not much. No stress. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Here's, uh, hey, we're lucky to be working. Oh, 100%. Very Here's lucky. Janice in Rocky Point. She's on line three. Good morning, Janice. Uh, good morning, Bernie and Sid. I love your show. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. We love you, too. Okay. Um, I wanted to just uh, bring this up in light of your interview with Dr. Uh, Stephen Greer, who was terrific. Um, Thank you. I heard yesterday uh, on various uh, radio stations that uh, regards to the hydrochloroquine issue, that Yale New Haven Hospital, Yale New Haven Hospital is now prohibiting doctors from prescribing hydrochloroquine to COVID-19 patients, stating that it is a, has its harmful side effects will uh, prevent them from uh, prescribing to any more patients. I don't know how they can do this. I think this is very irresponsible on the part of the medical community there in light of the success of the drug. And I think it's just another example of how the use of hydrochloroquine has been politicized just because President Trump has advocated for the use of the drug and is using it right now himself. As a Clearly a, manifest, a manifestation of Trump derangement syndrome, a uh, liberal bastion like uh, that, that campus, academia, of course, and, uh, notorious for their radical ideas and views. And yes, if it goes against what Donald Trump said, look, people have been taking it for 65 years. Yeah. I, I mean, there is a doctor. I, I might even have a, a clip of him. I got to look for it. But uh, oh yeah, it's Dr. William Grace. Play this guy, Dr. William Grace. Listen to what he says. I said, he he says uh, on the list of uh, dangerous drugs, it comes in after Tylenol and aspirin. Listen to what he says. Well, the amazing thing is that when the National Institutes of Health decided they would declare what were the 50 most dangerous drugs to take, number 44 was aspirin, number 39 was Tylenol, just ahead of fentanyl, and uh, hydroxychloroquine is one of the safest medications that have ever been created. We know about it for almost 60 years, and I think that this is crazy because hydroxychloroquine is a safe, cheap, and available drug, as is azithromycin and zinc. And uh, there are, the problem is that the New York Times article that was out the other day was that it mentioned only that hydroxychloroquine might be dangerous in people who have one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. <laughs> Love that. Love that. And he's right. I mean, it's been around for 65 people years. People are taking it every day. Doc, the doctors, uh, the doctor we talked to uh, from Mount Sinai Hospital, yes. uh, you know, yes, he, his name. a month ago, doctor yeah. uh, it rhymes with Katsimatidis. Some Greek doctor, right, I forget right. his last But he was taking it back then. Uh-huh. As, and, and people that go to Africa on safari, they take hydroxychloroquine oh, yeah. to prevent themselves from getting malaria. Uh, They're uh, not dying. Tom Sullivan, our dear friend out of Queens who ran for Congress, 
he was when he served in Afghan, uh, Afghanistan, Every- Iraq. He took it for three months. Yes, because of malaria. Now, not just malaria, arthritis patients use it. Lupus, lupus patients use it. It's it's been successful it, with a variety of and issues. They're not, they're not dying. No, and that's why I get really pissed off when I see an African American reporter talking badly about it. Because I got to tell you, lupus obviously is more uh, African American people get lupus more than white people, and it's done wonders. It's kind of like when I see John Legend bashing Donald Trump, even though we know that the economy. Under Donald Trump, African-American people had more jobs, made more money, and yet Legend of LeBron James still went at him. Same thing with this drug. It has helped tons of African-American people suffering from lupus, and yet you'll get somebody on the news say, oh, it's a dangerous drug. They don't know what the hell they're talking right, about. Right. They, uh, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't care. They just don't care. They're following a narrative. Uh, it's uh, just fake, crazy, psycho news. Uh, again, TDS. I mean, it, ad nauseum we say it, but it's it's there, and it's, yeah. it's it's dangerous. It's really it's disgusting. It's sickening, and uh, I'd like to take some drugs right now. I got to tell you, I want to take that one specifically. Not that one, better. but something yeah. something a little different. <laughs> I can't stand this. I can't. I hate all these people. No, I know they're, they're impossible. It is infuriating. Like like uh, Matt Meany just said in my ear. Meany actually had an experience yesterday. I've had these a million, and I, I always document them on the on the air. But the Meany had his own little quote unquote mask experience yesterday. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, Matt? no. I went to the grocery store after I left here at noon, and I didn't have my mask, and I wanted to get my grocery shopping done. So I went in, in there and uh, the manager told me, you know, it's the law that you have to wear a mask in there. And she would let me go this time and uh, just make it quick. So whatever, I did that. And then uh, I made sure I went to her register to check out. And she was still not very happy with me. And uh, But it's just that, that. I mean, the fact that the one thing that pissed me off was that she's like, it's the law. When we all know it's just, you know, a, uh, a suggestion, I guess, at this well, point. Well, indoors... I would recommend you wear it. Just yeah. I, I would recommend it indoors, especially because these people, they don't know. D- d- err on the side of a caution. You're right. And uh, let's open this damn place up. Everybody, you know, we'll wear a mask indoors. We'll, we'll, we'll separate ourselves indoors. I'm not, I'm not even going to use the phrase social distance anymore. I can't stand it. Me either. We'll, we'll, we'll separate ourselves. We'll, 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 we'll give each other wide berths, if you will. And uh, just but, but reopen this, this, this bitch up because I'm telling you, it's not going to come back if you don't. It's dying. It's Detroit. It's Detroit already. Might be already too late. They already, the, the retail stores were boarded up because of Amazon already. Yep. And now this. And these guys are taking their sweet time because oh, they're, getting, they're getting big fat paychecks and de Blasio's well, these, on TV right, right now. I was going to say these guys, you're talking about the local politicians. De Blasio's on right now. Now, I know people do watch Cuomo. Certainly, people watch the uh, the president. Anybody watch De Blasio? Does, I mean, honestly, do people watch this? I hope not. He's on. Is it nine thirty every morning? I think Cuomo's uh, on around noon. Yeah. So he's on about nine thirty. I mean, do people watch it? I, I, I don't know. I hope not. I don't. That's for sure. Look, and he's sitting there. He's in a nice, expensive suit. He's smiling. It's great. I'm on TV. I'm getting paid, and I'm managing a crisis. And you're screwing it all up. You, you lazy ass slob. <laughs> I hate that guy. You sure? I can't I tell. I mean, come on, Sidney. He's, he's ruining our city. <laughs> I, listen, I hate his guts. He's the worst mayor of all time. And, and he's Governor, a bad guy. Governor Cuomo as well. He's, hate them both. He's ruining, they're ruining this state and city right this minute. But well, one more call. Steve in Manhattan on line six seemingly agrees. Good morning, Steve. People got to be free. Sid, Bernie, uh, folks, America has to address 
the big ticket items. And there has been a scourge of race quotas called affirmative action. They disguised it with a fancy term. White Americans have been discriminated against, losing out on jobs, school admissions, election. Everybody, these guys in this audience and girls know this. America has kept the borders wide open, illegals preying on America, drugs, diseases pouring in. Because of open borders, every enemy of America has their people inside America. And, folks, you have to realize, race quotas and, and the invasion, they violate the Constitution. I hear a lot of these establishment Republicans always quoting the Constitution. Obviously, they don't quote it when it collides with their agenda. So if these issues aren't addressed, if you don't have it done, it will never be, it will never be revisited, folks. You have to realize that they're making you into a foreigner in your own country. Thank you very much for that. Uh, here's a uh, message I just got from Lisa Ganji. I told you about this, uh, this lady, Bernard. She works with the... Um she works with, uh, what do you call this, what she does? Uh, Ganja man. No, the, the crime, crime scene. She goes out to crime scenes uh, and like, like CSI, or, like a real yeah, serious yeah, yeah. deal. And she says, good morning, Sid. I'm working from home today. Was listening to your show. Please tell Bernie. Greece will be on MTV, which is channel 53, tomorrow at noon on Optimum. I know you said you love it. I love it, too. One of the best. Be well. Have a great Memorial Day. So she wants you to know Optimum. that Greece is on MTV Whatever you have it on, I get, tomorrow at noon. I got cable vision. You got it. Tomorrow okay. at noon. I'll check it out. You pumped up? I am now, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to tape it and uh, watch it over the weekend at there some point. You, you know, it's, it's supposed to rain a little bit, I think, on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, yes. Sunday. Maybe that'll be nice. the day to watch. There you go. Lisa, thank you for the update. We'll uh, take a short break, come back, and wrap things up on a Thursday right after this. Listen to Talk Radio 77 WABC on your Echo device. Tell Alexa to play 77 WABC. 77 WABC. Ladies and gentlemen, you feel tired, you feel sluggish, you don't know why. It's because you don't eat right, folks. A lot of it is sleep deprivation, of course, but a lot is nutrition as well. And that's where Balance of Nature comes in. Balance of Nature provides the nutrients, nutrition of over 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables per day. Balance of Nature is 100% all-natural whole fruits and vegetables, which they crush up, folks. They crush up these real fruits and veggies into powdered form, pulverize them, and put them into capsules. Put the powder into capsules. You take three fruits, three veggies, and you're a healthy fruit and salad eater. It's that simple. It saves you a lot of time. And it gives you energy. It gives you that nutrition that you need to give you that energy. So it solves a lot of problems. Balance of Nature also helps boost your immune system over 720%. So it prevents you from getting sick. It's one, one hell of a product, folks. i got to tell you, I've been taking it for a long time, my wife and I. A lot of us here at WABC. Balance of Nature will also provide you with a health coach at no charge to guide you with any questions you have. So give them a call at this number, 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Go to the website, balanceofnature.com, but make sure to let them know that you heard it here by using discount code WABC to get 35% off. That's balanceofnature.com, discount code WABC. Were you born from 1945 to 1965? People born during these years are five times more likely to have hepatitis C, but most people don't know they are infected. So even if you try to eat right, exercise, and take care of yourself, you can still have hepatitis C, a serious liver disease that often has no symptoms. In fact, people can live with hepatitis C for decades without feeling or looking sick. But over time, hepatitis C can cause serious health problems, including liver damage, liver failure, or even liver cancer. 
Getting tested is the only way to know if you're infected with hepatitis C. That's why the CDC recommends everyone born from 1945 to 1965 get a blood test for hepatitis C. Treatments are available that can cure this disease. So talk to your doctor about getting tested. It could save your life. A message from the CDC. Zero or $20. That's how low your monthly premium will be if you qualify for the essential plan through New York State of Health from Fidelis Care. Now offering dental and vision coverage. Call 1-888-FIDELIS, TTY, 711, or visit FidelisCare.org. Women Heart is in a race to save lives. Heart disease is the number one killer of women. It's 80% preventable if you know the facts. Millions of women are living with or at risk of different types of heart disease, like AFib, which is a type of irregular heartbeat. It affects both women and men, but women with AFib have a higher risk of stroke and death than men. Get educated. See your doctor. Know the facts. Diet and exercise are key to staying healthy. Know the risks. Women Heart does something really unique, solely focusing on women and providing peer-to-peer support. To win this race, we all have to do it together. Our hearts beat as one. To learn more, visit womenheart.org. Folks, your world has changed, but Ramsey Subaru, great guys up at Ramsey Subaru in Bergen County, they want you to know that they are there for all your sales and your service needs. Introducing Ramsey at home, folks. Listen to this. You can shop inventory, take a virtual tour, make a deal, and take delivery at your home, all with no personal contact. That's Ramsey Subaru thinking out of the box. Choose from phone, chat, or email to work with a vehicle specialist. Test drive Ramsey at home. Check out a new 2020 Subaru Outback with all-wheel drive. Then lease one for $199 a month, 36 months with 3059 do-it signing. Or buy one and get 0% financing for 63 months with no down payment required. The world has changed. It's nice to know that Subaru quality has not. 97% of all Subarus built in the last 10 years, they're still on the road. For lease details, call Ramsey Subaru at this number, 888-595-4125. Or better yet, go to the website, RamseySubaru.net, for your next Subaru. Offers available to qualified buyers subject to primary lender approval. Prices include all costs to be paid by a consumer except for licensing, registration, and taxes. Bin number L3187994. Model LDB-01. Sale ends 6120. Bernie and in the morning. They're going loco. Hot Radio 77. WBC. I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard every run the 77 WABC app. But that train keeps a-rolling and down the San Antonio. Let's go to uh, Bob. He ain't in San Antonio, but uh, he's out in Long Island. Good morning, Bob. Hey, what's up, guys? Fake news, not essential. Bob here from Long Island. My man, uh, Bob. But where are we, what are we doing this weekend? Where are we protesting? Uh, tomorrow at noon, we got a protest in Huntington Village. Uh, reopen Huntington. So I, I'm hoping a bunch of people show up. 
Uh, I'll bring my big fake news is not essential sign. This way they get the point. Um, All right. Listen, uh, tomorrow at noon in Huntington under. Village. I like it. Yes. Now, the, if the media hates Trump so much and hydroxychloroquine is so dangerous, why are they not rooting for Trump to take it? I mean, that would be the best <laughs> scenario for them. Yeah, believe me, they're, they're conflicted. They would love him. They would love if he had screaming throat cancer and colon cancer at the same time and then got hit by a truck. <laughs> Let's face it, Bob. They don't know what the hell they're doing. First, they, they, they expressed this fake concern. Then they decided, hmm, yeah, you know what? Bob may be right. Bob has a point. I don't care about Trump, and they know I don't care about Trump. So then they said, he's lying. He's not taking it. He's a liar. That was the second tack. No, nah, they're garbage. Jimmy is in Queens. Good morning to you, Jimmy. Hey, uh, good morning, guys. I was wondering, can we, can we at some point try and get a, a legit legal expert on to talk about the closures here, right? Because if Suffolk and Nassau County close their beaches, let's just say in perpetuity, right? We've done that already. And does it work the other way? Like if, if Nassau closes down their beaches, can we stop those people from coming through Queens? Uh, well, <laughs> you, you can go, by the way, you can go to Jones Beach and go to uh, uh, Robert Moses uh, Beach out of, on Fire Island. Uh, so you can go to the state beaches, but I guess the counties do and the, 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 the towns have that prerogative. They do. Uh, so I understand your frustration, but it, blame it on the mayor. There you he, go. He's the idiot that, that didn't reopen the, uh, the Queens and Brooklyn bridge, uh, beaches, excuse me, or Orchard Beach in the Bronx, or South Beach in Staten Island. It's all de Blasio's fault. It, 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 Memorial Day snuck up on him. He's like, oh, my God, I forgot about the, the beaches. And so people like poor Bob, he's left. He's angry, and I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't either. Well, listen, don't be angry. Enjoy your uh, Thursday. It's a gorgeous day. Walk outside. Get some sun. It's going to be pretty today. And for the most part, a nice weekend. Some rain on Saturday. We will be back tomorrow morning, Bernie and I, to get you ready for Memorial Day weekend. So until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., from all of us here on the Bernie and Sid on the Morning Show, to all of you, enjoy your Thursday. Bernie and Sid in the morning, streaming live on the 77 WABC app. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC.